0: Of Phoenix, along with Hot Topic Sound Off coming up at 10 o'clock tonight. Joining me for our final episode for uh, the previous show uh, for the 2021 season is Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay.
1: Well, Sharon, I was all excited. We're talking championship weekend, but when you say it like that, it brings me down a little bit. You're right. It is the final preview show of the year. (laughs) But uh, we know it it comes uh, every year, one of those we just have to deal with. But it's been a fantastic year working with you here on fan for racing blog and radio.
0: Same here, Jay. I've really enjoyed it and uh, appreciate all the times that you've uh, been here for the Thursday night show and available too when we needed you for the Monday night show. Um, now, just as a programming note, we are looking at possibly December 6th uh, to come back after the snowball derby this year and uh, do a show then. Uh, and maybe with, uh, all of our fanfare racing crew members that can make it. So, uh, we'll have to uh, keep that in mind. And then I'm also looking at, uh, mid, sometime mid January doing another show, uh, here at Fanfare Racing Radio as kind of a, uh, prelude, uh, to the 2022 season. So, uh, keep those, uh, uh, and keep that in mind as uh, we go into the off season. We are planning to do a couple of one-month episodes in between as well.
1: Yeah, I know we had talked about this, and it, it actually started with, uh, yeah, I mentioned Chris Crichton, the dirtiest voice in the South there, talking about wanting to come on the show. They got their own <laughs> show that they run. So to have him come on, I saw Sal, he had a thumbs-up on there. Uh, it'd be great to mm-hmm. have him. I know he can't always catch Hot Topics. So some of the off-season stuff, and he'll give us a recap from a photographer's, do a, a recap from a photographer's viewpoint of the Snowball Derby, which he annually attends. I think that would be super awesome as well.
0: Yes, indeed. We might make him our guest that night. Uh so with that, though, we do have uh, a lot to talk about with regard to our final preview show here. First of all, uh, in the Arkham Menard series, in the Arc East, they have their champions already crowned, and uh, we know who they are. In the East series, it was Sammy Smith bringing home the trophy uh, from the Arkham Menards Series East. And Ty Gibbs brought home the trophy for the Arkham Menards Series as well as for the Sioux Chief Showdown.
1: Both of them having very excellent years. We saw some, some good battles throughout the year, maybe not as close as one. We're going to talk about previewing coming up, but still some good battles, some great racing throughout the year, and we're seeing it lead to bigger things. I see more and more news trickling trickling in about next year's plans, and I think uh, that's why I think it's great that we're going to have these off-season shows as we get all that Mm -hmm. uh, coming in bit by bit. We're starting to see more and more of that as teams finalize for next year as well.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, So that's going to be um, those two races are already done. Those two championships are already determined. Uh, the only championship left to determine, uh, is the Arkham and Art Series West. And we'll find out this week <laughs> how that's gonna play out. Uh, and, uh, boy, we've got a lot to talk about there. Uh, I won't get into that, but let's, uh, real quick before we move over, uh, why don't we go ahead and give the rundown of the point standings for the ARCA East and then for the ARCA Menard Series. Uh, well, the Sioux Chief Showdown and then the ARCA Menard Series.
1: All right, starting with the East, let me pull that up real quick like here. Mentioned uh, Sammy Smith taking home that championship. Uh, ended up with uh, eight races. Three wins, seven top fives and seven top tens along with one pole. Average finish of 4.3 is what set him above uh, everybody else. Daniel Dye, I know we mentioned he's got some news coming for next year we talked about already. Two top fives and seven top tens out of those eight races was second in points, 34 points back. Then you had Rajah Karuth, Max Gutierrez, and Joey East. And I want to throw Mason Diaz in there as well as those were the six drivers in the east series that made all eight races total get points gap there uh 62 from first back to sixth and i only throw that in there because we're going to talk about that when it comes to this west series here in just a minute that's right
0: well, okay. let's see you said
1: we'll cover which uh, you want to do the okay. main series and then i'll pull the suit sh- sh- uh sue chief showdown
0: okay you want me to do the main series first Okay. Uh the Arkham arts Series East I mean the Arkham Menard Series, the main series, twenty races in the season. Only two drivers raced all twenty races. Uh so the contest was really between those two drivers. Uh uh when it was all said and done, thirty seven points separating uh the two drivers. Ty Gibbs came in first place in 20 races, he had 10 wins, 19 top fives, and 19 top tens. That's just amazing. Uh, throw on top of that, 11 pole awards. Uh, he uh, completed 2,617 laps and led 1,689 of those laps at an average start of 2.0 with an average finish of 3.0. Uh, so really an incredible season uh, for Ty Gibbs. Uh, bringing home 1,092 points, uh, putting him in the lead and winning the title. Corey Hyman, second place. uh, He had six wins, so his season was not shabby at all. He had six wins, 16 top fives, and 20 out of 20 races, 20 top tens. That's amazing. Uh, Three pole awards. He finished 2000. 622 laps and led 406 of those laps his average start was 3.6 his average finish was a 3.1 Uh so he came home with the 1055 points 37 points back from ty gibbs uh some other drivers uh that raced in the series. I think uh, there's a driver here with 19 of the 20 races. That's Brad Smith. He finished in fifth place. Uh, Then you've got uh, this driver, uh, Nick Sanchez, finished in 18 of the races. Uh, He did have one win. He won the last race of the season, uh, nine top fives and 13 top tens uh and uh he he had a really good season. Bad Moppet in fourth place uh 16 races and uh he had the five top 10s and 12 top I'm sorry, five top fives and 12 top tens uh and came in in fourth place. So uh that's pretty much uh, the highlights of the Arkham Menard series, Jay.
1: Well, and then the Sioux Chief Showdown, 10 of those races within that designated for its own championship, the Sioux Chief Showdown, and we had a mixture here. Uh, five drivers, I believe it looks like. Oh, maybe only four, making all 10 starts. But we did have some other mixtures and some other winners. Now, at the top, we talked about the two that had such phenomenal seasons there in the Arkham Ard series. Ty Gibbs winning this, 10 starts, six victories, all top 10s. Gave him 423 points. This one a little bit tighter. Corey Heim right there with him at 401. Two wins and all top 10 finishes. So, again, they were battling amongst the two of them really hard there in this uh, suit chief showdown. But then you have Nick Sanchez, who uh, did make all 10 starts at 360 points. Had seven top 10s in his 10 starts. Brad Smith, I think, finished seventh. Is the other one to have made all 10 starts. But you have a couple here. Uh, Thad Moffitt in fourth only made nine starts, picked up six top tens. Taylor Gray made eight starts and picked up seven top tens. The other two I want to highlight here, though, Jesse Lovin, six, uh, seven races, did pick up a victory as well as seven top tens. And then mentioned Daniel Dye, six races, but one of them was a victory along with his other four top ten finishes out of six races. So a lot of mixture, really feel positive about next season, these drivers as they make more announcements. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Jesse Love here in just a minute as well when it comes to the ARCA Menard Series West.
0: That is right. Now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and move into the ARCA Menard Series West. They are racing for their championship this weekend At Phoenix Raceway And uh, like uh, We've been talking about This one is tight Uh, The Arizona Lottery 100 At Phoenix Raceway Will take place Saturday November the 6th At 3 p.m. Eastern Time Now uh, that live streaming Is available on Track Pass For NBC Sports Gold Members Uh, That starts at 3 p.m. And then Tape Delayed TV Broadcast Is on NBC Sports Network on Thursday, November the 11th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. I always encourage people to check your local listings. You never know regionally. Uh, it could be a little bit different, so just check and make sure. Radio coverage is on MRN and Sirius channel 391 and online channel 981. They will be racing a distance of 100 miles over 100 laps. So the Arkham and Series West, uh will finally get their uh, uh, race their championship race into the books. So there's some fun facts for us to cover though first.
1: Yeah, when it comes to the Arkham Menard series at Phoenix, the Arizona Arizona Lottery One Hundred is the ninth and final race of the twenty twenty one Arkham Menard Series West season. It's also the forty seventh time the series has series has raced at Phoenix Raceway. And the 993rd race in series history. The first West race at Phoenix was in November of 1977 and won by Cale Yarbrough. That was his first and only series victory. Other first-time West West winners at Phoenix, that include Richard Petty, Neil Bonnet, uh, Rich Woodland Jr., Mike Wallace, Bernie Lamar, Andrew Myers, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, yeah, I was thinking the same thing reading some of these. Uh, <laughs> Joey Logano, uh, Ryan Blaney, Gray Galding, Cole Custer, Nick Drake, Todd Gillen, and then Ty Gibbs. Now, Todd Gillen and David Gillen, they hold it as the only father-son duo to have won West races at Phoenix. The elder Gillen is the most recent winner of the race, and although not entered as a driver, will field cars for Taylor Gray. J.P. Bergeron, and Jake Garcia. Backing up to uh, Ty Gibbs, I mentioned him. He won the March race at Phoenix, which was a combination with the main Arkham Menard series. It was his second career West victory along with his win in November. Some other interesting stats here. Greg Pursley holds the track qualifying record at Phoenix, and that was set in 2013 at 26.875 seconds or 133.949 miles per hour. The track record at Phoenix that's held by Scott Lynch. It was set in 2003 and that was at 114.262 miles per hour.
0: Wow. Some interesting uh names uh Bring back some memories there with uh, some of those uh, names mentioned. Now, the Field of Champions, Saturday's Field, will already be de- decorated group before the West Champion is even crowned. Uh, we've been talking about how tight this race is. The 2021 Arkham Art Series Champion Ty Gibbs and Arkham Art Series East Champion Sammy Smith are both. Running in the 36-car field Gibbs won the Arca Series title On the strength of 10 wins Including a race at Phoenix earlier this season He also won four races in the East And one in the West this year Smith won three races on his way To capturing the title in the East And this weekend's race will mark his debut In the West Series As well as his track debut at Phoenix now, Gibbs can sweep the Valvoline Lap Leader Award if he leads 59 or more laps than Jesse Love, uh, who 32 laps more than Taylor Gray, and 20 laps more than Dean Thompson. Gibbs won the Valvoline Lap Leader Award in both the Arkham Art Series and in the Arkham Art Series East. So uh, a lot to look forward to with this group. There are seven guys. Uh, that we're going to be watching this Saturday.
1: That's right. Lucky seven to contend for that Arkham and Ard Series West title. There are seven drivers that are mathematically eligible to win the Arkham and Ard Series West championship this Saturday. Again, 3 p.m. Eastern time, live on that track pass on NBC, NBC Sports Gold, MRN, and SiriusXM XM uh, radio. Five of them are within six points of each other, that means the fans will need to stick around until that checkered flag flies to see who wins this title. We got defending series champion, Jesse Love. He's leading uh, Paul Pedronasili by a mere one point. Jake Drew is third, three points out of lead. Joey East is fourth, uh, which is five points behind. And then Cole Moore is six points back in fifth. Tre- Trevor Huddleston Six in points, 15 points out of the lead. And Todd Susan in seventh, 26 points back. Again, the term there is mathematically eligible. Depending on what happens, they could still come out with this championship. So very, very interesting. Uh, East leads all drivers with six top fives in the eight previous race. And Drew leads all drivers with seven top ten finishes. He also leads with three General Tire Pole Awards. So a lot of action going to be happening in this one race alone.
0: It certainly is. And uh, I will say uh, the seven drivers that uh, are in contention are all highlighted. There is a point scenario for Arkham and Art Series West Championship contenders, if you want to go there, Jay. Um, And they talk about uh, uh, what the clinch scenarios are. For each of these drivers Uh, So Point scenarios Seven drivers enter uh, The race here at Phoenix With chances to win the championship The top five in the standings Jesse Love, PJ Pedroncelli Jake Drew Joey East and Cole Moore Again, are just separated by those six points, making this by far the closest and the deepest championship battle for finale in the history of the West Series. Trevor Hodgson and Todd Souza are just 15 and 26 points back, but they're still contenders thanks to the 36-car entry list at Phoenix, which means uh, expect this to be a wild Arizona Lottery 100.
1: Well, as we continue here, hopefully we get to t- t- take a look at that, because that is a key factor, 36 drivers entered. Uh, we'll see how much time we got left at the end. But we talked about Love. He's the defending West Series championship, going, trying to go back-to-back. At one point lead over second place, Pedro Nassili in the standings. Now, Love and Pedro Nassili are the only two drivers who can clinch the championship, regardless of where others finish, simply by winning at Phoenix. Neither would need the aid of any of the bonus points. For the Arkham Ard Series West, bonus points are awarded for the General Tire Pole, for leading a lap in the race, and for leading the most laps in the race, all of which are one point each. Now, love Pedro Nassili-Drew, and at w- East are the four drivers... Who could clinch that title regardless of where they finish, where others finish, if they were to score max points—the win plus all three bonus points at Phoenix. Now, every other driver or every other championship scenario involving all seven drivers is then dependent on where others finish. And I'll let Sharon—you uh, want to hit the hypothetical there? <laughs> we like that yeah, one, right? Would. Hypothetically, <laughs> uh,
0: hypothetically, if uh, Pedrin Sully were to beat love by two spots while finishing within one position of drew three positions of east five positions of more and 13 positions of huddleston and 25 positions of souza without bonus points awarded to any championship contender pedrin selly would win the title each title contender enters the race with a slew of similarly complicated scenarios. To keep things relatively simple, uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll we'll give you some examples here. One for each driver's end of year point scenarios, depending upon where they finish at Phoenix. The point scenarios, uh, do not include the 50-point bonus each driver will receive for completing the second half of the West Series season in its entirety. They're based on the 36-car entry, thirty-six car entry list for the Arizona Lottery 100. So taking a look at that, uh, Jesse Love, 358 points. Uh, if he, he has no bonus points, uh, if he – Plus one, plus two, and plus three. I don't know. Do you know how to read this, Jay? I'm not quite sure I know what I'm looking at here.
1: Yeah, as we read there, if, if he doesn't pick up any bonus points, he would need 404 points um, in order to clinch his uh, ch- the, the championship. If he picks up one, that would give him the 405, uh, 406, and 407 uh, based on those available three bonus points. Uh, and that's if he wins the race. So if he wins the race, no bonus points, he'd need to be at 404. Um, if he were to finish second, he'd be at 400, and then one point more for each of those three bonus points.
0: Mhm. Okay, so, and then Paul Pedrin settley uh, they give his scenario as well.
1: All right, now when you look at him right now, again, he's at 357. So he'd need to win the race and be at 403 if he picks up the bonus points and be 404, 405, 406 and on back. Those two being the separated by one point. So I'm going to scroll a little bit further down when we look at Jake Drew. Now he's at 355 points. If he were to win the race with no bonus points, that'd put him at 401, 402, 403, 404 um, for the points. 397 for second with no bonus points so you look at that tight range there and that's where we talk about it. it's going to depend on where these other drivers finish with that or if they pick Mm -hmm. up the uh, the bonus point uh this is going to be one of those i I know it might be a little confusing for fans but i'm sure that arca will cover that as they are racing as each of the points we'll start with the general tire pole award that one we'll know prior to the race But throughout the race, they're going to show as these points add up. Who led a lap? And then if anybody locks in with the most laps led at any point. Or it's all going to come down to that end. I mean, you may see it where it may take a minute, even after that checkered flag flies, depending on who wins it, for them to announce the championship. Because there's going to be a lot of math going into this.
0: Oh, yes, there is. (laughs) There is no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, But these charts go down to Todd Souza. And Trevor Huddleston So uh, a lot to look forward to there Uh, Let's do cover the entry list uh, For this Arizona Lottery 100 Because this is, like we said, a 36-car field Uh, We'll go from the bottom up and I'll start, Jay uh, and cover all, right. all 36 drivers. Some have not yet been determined, at least as of the printing of this information. Uh, but the 08 CART Idaho Ford for Mike Holleran, uh his uh, driver is to be determined as is the crew chief. So we'll see what happens there. Cole Moore will be in the 99 for Bill McAnally Racing. He hails from Orangevale, California, and he'll be driving the Napa Power Premium Plus Toyota with Mario Isola as his crew chief.
1: Well, I'd like, like to talk about this one. The Sarah Burgess, owned and crew chief Chevrolet, number 88, driver will be Bridget Burgess, daughter out of Tula, Utah, with the HMH Construction Sponsorship. Then we mentioned the East champion, Sammy Smith in the number 81 comes out of Johnston, Iowa, and he'll be in a Gibbs owned Toyota with engine ice on the hood and Jacob Cantor as the crew chief.
0: Okay. Bridget Burgess's mom is actually going to be the crew chief uh, as well as the owner. So that's going to be cool too. Um in the number eighty is Brian Kamiski from Cottonwood, California. He'll be driving the number eighty SK Construction Ward's Concrete Toyota for Bill Comiskey. or I'm sorry, his own race team. And his crew chief is Derek Copeland. And in the number seventy-eight will be Travis Milburn from Eagle, Idaho, driving the Cart Idaho Quick Quack Car Wash Toyota. Uh, for Jack Wood with Roger Bracken on top of the pit box.
1: Well, if you're a gambler, this might be one spin the wheel. Ryan Roulette in the number 77, coming out of Minot, North Dakota, my neck of the woods there a little bit. Uh, Joe Java-owned Dave McKenzie, crew chief Toyota, with Jans Bellatar recruiting and proper Patriot Patriot fan vester on the uh, machine. And then we mentioned the 71, that's a DGR-owned Ford, Taylor Gray out of Mooresville, North Carolina, going to be ripping through the field with Ripper Coffee as a sponsor and Chad Johnston as his crew chief.
0: In the number 66 is Raja Karuth from Washington, D.C. in the Rev Racing Chevrolet. Uh, Glenn Parker will be on top of his pit box. And Shannon Rush will be on top of the pit box for the De- Venturini number 55, driven by Cody- Tony e. Brightinger from Indianapolis, Indiana. She'll be her sponsor is Hair Club, and that will be on her Toyota.
1: One of the championship contenders we talked about, the number 54, Mike naki owned and crew chiefed Ford. That is Joey East out of Madero, California. He's going to have that AG Center 59 Bacilla Ranch machine looking for the win as well as the championship. And then Dean Thompson in the number 51. That is a Marine Broom owned uh, Ford. Travis Thurkettle is the crew chief. Thompson coming out of Arlington, Texas, and brings the Thompson Pipe Group sponsorship with it.
0: Okay, Mike Knocke will be on top of the pit box for Joey East. Uh, in the number 46 is J.P. Bergeron from Quebec, Canada. He'll be driving for Dilla, David Gilliland Racing, uh, and Derek Smith will be on top of the pit box. Uh, he'll be behind the road, behind the wheel of the number 46 Ford. Uh, Jake Garcia will be behind the wheel of the number 45 toy Ford, uh, he hails from Monroe, Georgia, and he'll be driving the DGR Ford with Mike Hillman Jr. as the crew chief.
1: You got another Mike Holler and a uh, Ford here in the number 38. going to be sponsored by Car- Cart Idaho. We don't know the driver or crew chief there yet. And then another contender out of Sonoma, California, P.J. Nasilli, in the number 33, Select Mobile's Modelers, Toyota. It's owned by Paul Pedroncelli, crew chief by Ty Joyner.
0: Okay. Uh, and speaking of Paul Pedroncelli, <laughs> um, he'll be driving the number 31 Sonoma uh Pedron Selle mobile bottling Chevrolet. He hails from Sonoma, California, and uh, Rod Nealon will be on top of his pit box. Mark Rett will be on top of the pit box for the number 30, driven by Max Gutierrez, hailing from Mexico City, Mexico. He'll be driving that tough-built Ford for this race.
1: Driver looking for a hometown win right there in Phoenix, Arizona. The number 27 of Bobby Hillis. He'll be in a Bobby Hillis Chevrolet. Ed Asher, the crew chief for the first impression press, G.D. Hinckley light machine. And the number 25, NXTLVL Marine Toyota. That's a Venturini owned. Kathy Venturini listed as the owner. Kevin Rood, the crew chief. And Parker's coming out of New Bronzefels, Texas.
0: Okay, and the number 22 for GMS Racing is uh, Daniel Dye from Dillon, Florida. Uh, He'll be driving their Chevrolet for GMS, and Chad Bryant will be on top of the pit box. Uh, The number 22, I'm sorry, the number 21 will be driven by Josh Fanopoulos from Eagle, Idaho. He'll be behind the wheel of the Stonies Rockin' Roadhouse, Idaho Certified Services Board. And uh, John Wood is the owner, but the crew chief has yet to be announced.
1: The number 20 Venturini machine, uh, that'll be Billy Venturini's Toyota. Dave Lanier is the crew chief for Gracie Trotter out of Denver, North Carolina. Coden's on the side. Another Toyota is a McNally Toyota, number 19, That'll be Sebastian Arias out of Winston-Salem, Winston, Winston Salem, North Carolina. Rubbermaid Commercial Products, Brady IFS on the side of the car. John Camarelli on top of the pit box.
0: Okay, and the number 18 for Joe Gibbs Racing. You've heard us talking about him all night. Ty Gibbs from Huntersville, North Carolina, will be behind the wheel of the Monster Energy Terrible Arp Storka Toyota. Marsh McFarlane is his crew chief. Sean Samuels will be the crew chief for uh, the number 17 driven by Connor Jones, hailing from Fredericksburg, Virginia. He'll be driving for Jones Utilities in the Chevrolet.
1: The defending champion uh, of this series, the 16, is Jesse Love out of Redwood City, California, and the Napa Auto Parts, McAnally Toyota, Travis Sharp, as the crew chief. And then Billy Ventur- Bill Venturini owned and crew chief number 15, Sunbelt Reynolds Toyota. That'll be Drew Dollar out of Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Okay. Todd Souza will be in the number 13. He hails from Aromas, California. He'll be driving the Central Coast Cabinets Ford for the family-owned team with Mike Munoz on top of the pit box. And Drew Tuttle will be driving the number 11. He also hails from Eagle, Idaho. <clears throat> He'll be behind the wheel of a Ford for John Wood. And
1: uh, we don't know who the crew chief will be. Contending for the championship, the Broomcotty number nine Ford. That'll be Jake Drew out of Fullerton, California. And that Sunrise Ford Lucas Oil Stilo USA Offset Sport Machine. Jeff Schrader calling the shots. We don't have a crew chief named yet for the John Bonerman machine. He'll drive that number eight himself out of Ramona, California, with Bonerman Racing covering that Ford.
0: Number seven will be driven by Takuma Koga from Nagoya, Japan. He'll be driving the Rise Up CKB Toyota for Jerry Pitts, who will also be on top of his pit box. Bill Sedgwick will be on top of the pit box for the Sunrise Ford driven by uh, Trevor Huddleston. He'll be driving that number six Sunrise Ford Haas Development Terraclean, Lucas Oil Ford. Uh, Trevor hails from Agora Hills, California.
1: And the last pair on the entry list, the Eric Nascimento owned and driven in this case, number four Toyota comes out of Monteco, California. Custom Auto Bodies, RJ's Paint Shop, and Skipco Welding. Mike Nascimento will be crew chief. And then the Max Siegel-owned, uh, drawn-a-blank Rev Racing there, uh, other mach- other Chevrolet, the number two, is Nick Sanchez out of Miami, Florida, and he will have his regular crew chief, Steve Plattenberg, in his ear.
0: Okay, do not miss this race. It's going to be fun and uh, we'll finally know who that uh, arca west champion is going to be uh now we're going to move on to uh the uh, i'm sorry the uh, nascar truck series uh they too are racing for a champion at phoenix and uh, they also are going to be racing on friday night uh they'll be racing the lucas oil 150 at Phoenix Raceway, Friday, November the 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, the purse for this race is 908,369. Uh, that will be televised on Fox Sports 1 at 7 p.m. Eastern, as well as radio coverage on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. They'll be racing 150 miles over 150 laps. The first two stages are 45 laps each. Uh, ending on lap 45 for stage one, lap 90 for stage two. And the final stage will be 160 laps and will end on lap 150.
1: Well, we do have one championship at least already decided, and that's the Manufacturer's Championship of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Toyota has clinched that already, and it's the Manufacturer's Series-leading 12th championship the most recent coming in 2021. Chevrolet also has 10, the most recent in 2020. Ram or Dodge has three, the most recent in 2004. Ford has a pair with the most recent coming in 2000.
0: Okay, there's also the Camping World Trucks Owners' Championship update. Three of the four trucks and drivers that made it into the driver playoff standings for the championship four are also in the owner playoff standings championship for this season, with the lone exception being Matt Crafton's number 88. Instead, Front Row Motorsports' number 38 Ford, driven by Todd Gilliland, has made the owner's playoff championship four round and will have a shot, along with the other three, at an owner's title. Now, Front Row Motorsports and ThorSport Racing are looking for their first owner's title in the series, while GMS Racing earned their first owner title in the Truck Series just last season. Cowboys Motorsports leads the series in owner titles with seven, and the Truck Series owner championships, including five consecutive from 2010, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and... Nineteen, So uh, a lot uh, that we can look forward to watching how it's going to play out this weekend.
1: Another battle to watch within the race, the Truck Sunoco Rookie of the Year. Give you an update there. The battle will most likely come down to the final lap this weekend at Phoenix Raceway. As you got Kyle Busch Motorsports Chandler Smith currently holding a three-point advantage over second place. Nice Motorsports driver Carson Hosovar. Both drivers have made two series starts at Phoenix Raceway in their careers. Smith has posted two top fives an average finish of 3.0 while Hosevar unfortunately has a best finish in 23rd at the one-point mile track, average finish of
0: 27.5. Okay, we were just talking about the ARCA Menard Series. Uh, well, now we're going to talk about how that ties into the uh, Campaign World Series Championship 4. All four of the Championship 4 contenders have stock car racing roots in the Arkham Menards Series platform, developing their skills in at least one of the series that currently races under the Arkham Menards Series banner. In 2014, Arkham Menards Series East champion Ben Rhodes won five races in that season while recording 11 top fives and 13 top 10 finishes in 16 starts. He also ran a pair of East races in 2013, posting top fives in both of those events. Rhodes also ran two Arca Menards Series races in 2014. Zane Smith ran 38 races in the Arca Menards Series between 2016 and this season, putting up four wins in 2018. Overall, he has 20 top fives and 26 top tens. He also has run five races in the current Arca West Series, including three races at Phoenix. Matt Crafton raced in five Arkham Minard series races between twenty ten and twelve. He put up two top five performances in twenty ten. He also ran one race in the West in two thousand. Then he finished second at Irwindale. John Hunter Nemechek ran three races total in the East Series in two thousand thirteen and fourteen. He had a best finish of twelfth at Pensacola in his season debut.
1: All right, now we're going to talk about the championship four for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series uh, that have qualified for that championship four and race for that title at Phoenix Raceway in the Lucas Oil 150 Friday night uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. To go alphabetically. I'm still going to scroll down to the bottom though. Here, cover the first one we got. Uh, ooh, I think I scrolled yeah, too it's far. A lot. Nope, there we go. Zane Smith, right? Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, Zane Smith, driver of the number twenty one GMS Racing Chevrolet, is a shooting star from Huntington Beach, California, has become the most, one of the most clutch racers in NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoff history. Now, ever since the twenty two year old Smith burst onto the series last season as a rookie and raced his way into the championship four, I, but by finishing third in that. An ultimate race at Martinsville Speedway, many thought he was special. But then when Smith doubled down last weekend at Martinsville Speedway facing the winner go home scenario, and the youngster raced his way into the championship four for the second consecutive season, this GMS racing driver has proven he's almost untouchable. Smith's 2021 season has been a self-proclaimed rough ride through the regular season, which was first 15 races, Smith didn't win but managed to post one top five and 10 top 10. He also ultimately ended the regular season fifth in the standings, qualifying for the Camping World Truck Series playoffs. Now, though Smith's Camping World Truck Series uh, has been short, it has been impressive. In 45 starts, he's posted three career wins, 10 top fives, and 27 top 10. He's qualified for the playoffs and the championship four round in consecutive seasons, finished a career best runner-up in the final championship standings last season. A quick recap for Zane Smith, an adventure to the 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoffs championship four round is one movie scripts are written after. He opened the playoffs round to 10 with a dreadful 30th, 35th place finish at Worldwide Technology Raceway, after an issue with the rear gear. many followed it up with a solid top 10 finishes at Darlington in ninth and Bristol of eighth in order to advance to the round of eight. And it was then that Smith was hit with some bad luck, finishing 29th at Las Vegas and being caught up in an incident in Talladega, resulting in a 33, 33rd place finish. And then Smith plummeted in the playoff standings to the basement of the leaderboard. Eighth in pla- eighth place, with a massive 40 points behind the championship four cutoff line. But then heading into that an ultimate race last weekend at Martinsville Speedway, none of the championship four round spots had been locked up, and Smith was still facing the winner go, go home scenario, as it would be nearly impossible to point his way into the final round. But grit, and determination, and that belief that he could win willed Smith to his first victory of the season earning him that spot in the championship four for the second consecutive season. And look at face uh, Phoenix Raceway outlook. Smith made his Camping World Truck Series track debut there last season at Phoenix Raceway in the championship four finale. Smith started second and led 48 laps, finished runner-up to his teammate Sheldon Creed in a wild final restart. On the crew chief corner, Kevin Mannion made his national series crew chief debut on a part-time basis in the Cup Series with John Andretti back in 2003 and in the NASCAR Xfinity Series with Dale Earnhardt Jr in 2002. Mannion's biggest success as crew chief came in the Xfinity Series when he led Martin Truex to back-to-back titles in 04 and 05. Then he made the jump with Truex full-time to the Camping World or to the NASCAR Cup Series at Dale Earnhardt Incorporated where the pair worked together from 2006 to 2010. He then also worked with Jamie McMurray at Earnhardt Ganassi Racing from 2010 to 2013. In 2016 is when he joined Cowbush Motorsports and started to crew chief for multiple drivers. Manning has begun to build a reputation for cultivating that young talent. In 2019, he led t- rookie Tyler Ankrum to his first win in first playoff berth and last season did the same with Zane Smith. Mannion's best finish in the final championship standings in the Camping World Truck Series is second, which came with Smith last season. Mannion has worked for four different drivers at Phoenix Raceway in the Truck Series, and he led Daniel Suarez to a victory at the track in 2016, and Smith to that runner-up finish last year. Uh, For the team talk, GMS Racing is a two-time Camping World Truck Series champion in 2016 and 2020. It won the Drivers' Championship in 2016 with Johnny Sauter, and the Unified Driver-Owner title in 2020 with Sheldon Creed. Uh, from 2013 to 2021, GMS has made more than 600 Camping World Truck Series starts, leading 13 drivers to victory lane for a total of 41 series wins. They made their Camping World Truck Series debut in 2013 at Kansas Speedway, at that time with Spencer Gallagher in the number 21. GMS Racing is the only organization to have fielded a Camping World Truck Series championship four driver in all six years of the current elimination-style playoff format. Johnny Sauter in 2016-18, Justin Haley in 2018, Brett Moffitt in 2019, and then Sheldon Creed, Brett Moffitt, and Zane Smith in 2020, and Zane Smith in 2021, last season. And they became the first organization since the inception of this elimination-style playoff format in 2016 that fielded three out of the four championship contenders in one season when they did it with Moff, Smith, Moffitt, Smith, and Creed.
0: Okay, next up we have Ben Rhodes in the number 99 for Thor Sport Racing's Toyota. Ben is looking to become just the 19th different driver in NASCAR Truck Series history to win the championship this season. This season is the closest shot to the series title uh, the Louisiana, Kentucky native has ever had. So this is the first season in Rhodes' six full seasons that he's made the Truck Series Championship for, and the first time Thor Sport Racing has fielded two drivers uh, for in the Championship for. Matt Crafton and Ben Rhodes remain the only two Thor Sport drivers to do so. Rhodes made his series debut back in 2014 for Turner Scott Motorsports, running four Races before moving to ThorSport Racing in 2016. Since joining ThorSport, Rhodes made 136 starts for the team, posting 5 wins and 39 top 5s along with 72 top 10s. Rhodes passed to the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoffs in this year was set in stone from the drop of the first checkered flag as the 24-year-old snatched his first two wins of the season in the opening two races at Daytona, at Daytona on the Oval and at the Daytona Road Course. He ultimately finished the regular season third in the standings before posting two wins, five top fives 11 top tens. He also won two stages and carried 19 playoff points to take into the postseason. As far as the playoff recap, unlike the regular season effort that locked him into the postseason on wins, Ben Rhodes had to point his way through uh, the Truck Series playoffs this year. Uh, Rhodes started in the round of 10 with a strong run at a worldwide technology raceway, and then he finished third place, but then finished 34th at Darlington. With his playoff campaign in the balance, uh, Rhodes answered with a top 10 finish and a, to finish and survive at Talladega. Heading into uh, the penultimate race of last weekend at Martinsville Speedway, none of the championship four spots had been locked up. So Rhodes was ranked second in the playoff standings going into Martinsville by 35 points over the championship four cut line. The rising star from Louisville, Kentucky, started third at Martinsville and raced his way to a seventh-place finish, earning enough points to usher him into the championship fourth for the first time in his career. Now, Rhodes has made six truck starts at Phoenix. He's posted two top fives and three top tens. His average finish at the track is 10.3, and last season... In the season finale at Phoenix, he started sixth and finished in seventh. His career best finish at the one mile track is fourth in 2019. Looking at the crew chief corner, Ron, I'm sorry, Rich Lotches made his NASCAR National Series debut as crew chief in the Camping World Truck Series for Hattori Racing Enterprises with driver Ryan Truex at New Hampshire Motor Speedway in 2016. It was his lone effort that season. Lush has joined ThorSport Racing from competing in the Arkham Menards Series East and West, and he joined Thor Sport his, uh, in 2018 as a crew chief for Matt Myatt Snyder. He led Snyder to finish ninth in the final standings after posting three top fives and eight top tens. In 2021, Luscious joins uh, forces with Ben Rhodes, and success has followed the pair ever since, winning the first two races of the season to qualify for the playoffs, and then earning a spot in the championship four. Luscious is looking to become the 20th different driver and crew chief, uh, different crew chief to win a NASCAR Camping World Truck Series title. As far as team talk, Ben Rhodes joined Thor Sport Racing in 2016, his first year in full-time racing in the Camping World Truck Series, and he hasn't looked back ever since. Thor Sport Racing is headquarters, um, Thor Sport Racing is the longest-tenured team in the Camping World Truck Series and does it all from their Sandusky, Ohio headquarters. Thor Sport Racing made its NASCAR Truck Series debut in the Milwaukee Mile with driver Terry Cook dating back to 1996. The organization collected its first NASCAR Camping World Truck Series win at Flemington Speedway with driver Terry Cook on the, uh, on, uh, he'll be the crew chief, I guess, for that night. Um, that was on August 8th of 1998. In 2013, ThorSport Racing became the only team in series history to lead the championship for an entire season. Sauter led the first three races, and Crafton led the final 19 races. The organization has qualified for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoffs 10 times. The organization has qualified for the Camping World Truck Series playoffs um, 10 times, and in 2016, Matt Crafton, 2017, Matt Crafton and Ben Rhodes, 2018, it was Matt Crafton and Ben Rhodes, 2019, Matt Crafton and Johnny Sauter, and in the 2020 mall, Kelly was, um, I'm sorry, Matt Crafton, I'm losing my place on these lines. Okay. Ten times Matt Crafton did it in two thousand sixteen. Matt Crafton and Ben Rhodes won the uh were in the playoffs in two thousand seventeen. In two thousand eighteen it was Matt Crafton and Ben Rhodes again. Nineteen, Matt Crafton and Johnny Sauter. In twenty twenty it was Matt Crafton and Ben Rhodes. And twenty twenty one again Matt Crafton and Ben Rhodes. And they've earned four appearance in the Truck Series playoffs. Uh, round of four in 2016, 17, and 19 with driver Matt Crafton, and this season is the first time the team has qualified two of its drivers in the championship four, um, and which includes again Matt Crafton and Ben Rhodes, and to boot, ThorSport Racing has had 15 consecutive seasons with at least one victory the longest consecutive win streak in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. So, our next uh, driver of the final four is up next.
1: When you talk about wins there, you got John Hunter Nemechek in the number 4 Kyle Busch Motorsports Toyota. It was during the off-season prior to 2021, John Hunter Nemechek made the announcement he'd be leaving Front Row Motorsports in the NASCAR Cup Series to return to the Camping World Truck Series. This time, though, it would be for the powerhouse organization of Kyle Busch Motorsports. And to sweeten the deal, KBM named Eric Phillips as Nemechek's crew chief. He's the winningest crew chief in series history. Nemechek made it clear his intentions from the start, I'm here for wins, and that's exactly what they have been doing. In the first 15 races of the 2021 season, the number four KBM team had a then on another level from the competition, putting up a series-leading five wins, coming at Las Vegas, Richmond, Charlotte, Texas, and then Pocono. That included nine top fives and 12 top tens. He also won nine stages and accumulated 34 playoff points during that regular season. As a result, he claimed his first NASCAR Camping World Truck Series regular season championship, becoming the fifth driver. Different driver to accomplish that feat, joining Austin Hill in 2020, Grant Infinger in 2019, Johnny Sauter in 18, and Christopher Bell in 2017. Of the previous four regular season champions, only Christopher Bell went on to win the overall series title at the end of the playoffs in 2017. In total for the year, Nemechek has led 527 laps, which is second most and leads the series in season-to-date driver rating of 113.5. In 21 starts this year, he's posted the five wins, 12 top fives, and 15 top tens, all career-high marks for the Boersville North Carolina native. We look at the playoffs. Unlike his regular season, the playoffs have been a rocky road to this championship floor round that ultimately had him relying on his playoff points to get him into this final round. Nemechek started the postseason with a disappointing 22nd-place finish at Worldwide Technology Raceway, but then quickly rebounded with a runner-up finish at Darlington and a third-place finish at Bristol to advance for the round of eight. Then again, Nemechek stumbled out of the gate with a 33rd at Las Vegas, but answers with a fourth-place finish at Talladega to keep his championship four hopes alive.
2: <clears throat>
1: Heading into the penultimate race at Martinsville Speedway, None of the championship four-round spots had been locked up. Nemechek was the standings leader going into Martinsville, up by 36 points over the cut line. The veteran from Mooresville, North Carolina, started on the pole at Martinsville, but was caught up in an accident with Austin Wayne's self mid-race that sidelined him for the rest of the event. He finished 39th and had to watch the race play out but in the end, Nemechek had earned enough playoff points to carry him into this championship four round for the first time in his career. Now, Phoenix Raceway Outlook, Nemechek has made seven Camping World Truck Series starts at Phoenix Raceway. He's posted two top fives and four top tens, including two runner-up finishes in 2015 and 17. 31 laps at Phoenix, but hasn't made a start there since 2019. On the crew chief side, and I mentioned Eric Phillips began his NASCAR National Series crew, crew chief career in the Cup Series at that time for Nimco Motorsports back in 2002. Jay. His driver, yeah.
0: Jay, I'm going to interrupt you. Yep. We're running out of time and we're way behind. We should be in our Affinity okay. Series uh, piece. Matt Crafton is the last driver. He drives the number 88 for Thor Sport Racing. Toyota, uh, his recap for the playoffs, uh, has been a roller coaster. Uh, he has an average finish of 12.6 in the opening 15 races, but he upped his game with an average 6.8 in the six playoff races so far. So, uh, that gives him a good outlook. Uh, his crew chief is Carl Jr. Joyner. And they've been together a long time and have had a lot of success together. But we're going to move on to the Xfinity Series because we're just not going to have time to get it all in here if we don't. We're going to have to abbreviate some things there. Uh, The NASCAR Xfinity Series uh, championship race will be at Phoenix Raceway Saturday, November the 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern. The purse there is 1,000, I'm sorry, 1 million. $622,583. $622,583. Uh, NBC Sports Network will carry the pre-race coverage at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, as will MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. 200 miles over 200 laps, stage one and stage two, 45 laps apiece, ending on 45 for stage one, 90 for stage two. And the final lap uh, will be the last lap of the third stage, which will be 110 laps. So um, why don't we start with the championship four here? Uh, let's just not uh, go through all of that information. Uh, let's give the the top uh, segment, and that's it.
1: All right, I'll start with Daniel Hamrick, driver of the number 18 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. He still hasn't won a NASCAR National Series uh, race in his career but is competing for the championship this weekend and hopes to get that first win the same day he takes home a championship title, which would be his first. This is uh, Hammerick's fourth full-time season in the Xfinity Series. He was full-time in 17-18 to 18 before jumping to the Cup Series, but he returned uh, after his full-time series in 2019, come back to the Xfinity Series, and fought for a title in his first win in 2020, there's 2021 20, races on the part-time schedule for Junior Motorsports, and this time all 32 races for JGR. As announced a few weeks ago, he'll join College Racing in 2022, moving from Toyota to Chevrolet in hopes to add to his resume. In 32 starts on the year. He's got 14 top fives and 20 top 10s We a total of 615 laps and has an average start of 6.6 average finish of 11.1 he's come close to winning many races this year come up just a little bit short he's been really good season to date in the loop data stats driver rating is 104.5 which is fourth best average running position is 8.318 second best 358 laps uh fastest laps which is second most completing 89.2 percent of the laps uh which is in the top 15, which is third best. You want me to do is the playoff recap real quick.
0: No, I I, I don't think we're going to have time. I will mention though, okay. Dave Rogers is his crew chief uh, for this weekend. Uh, Next driver we have here is Noah Gregson And the number nine for Junior Motorsports Chevrolet Uh, The 2021 season uh, started out tough for Noah With the 32nd place finish to open the season at Daytona Followed by a 28th place finish and 33rd place finish In the next two events However, the driver of the number nine for Junior Motorsports Chevrolet uh, Started to rally back from bad luck after But it wasn't the twenty. So the season that Gregson got his first victory and secured his spot into the playoffs. This season, Gregson has uh, racked up three wins, including last weekend at Martinsville uh, Speedway in a must-win situation to secure a spot in the championship four. This is the first time in his career that he's advanced to the final round of the playoffs. The season marks his third full-time season in the Xfinity Series, all with Junior Motorsports, and 101 Series starts. He has five wins, 41 top five, 70 top tens, and it was announced a few months ago that Gregson would be back with Junior Motorsports next year, once again piloting the number nine Chevrolet. This season, Gregson's made 32 starts, racking up three wins, uh, the second Darlington race, Richmond, and the second Martinsville race, 13 top fives, 20 top tens, and he's led 360 laps throughout the season and held on to an average start of 11.8 with an average finish of 13.4. Gregson also has posted positive numbers in the season today, loop data stats, including driver rating, at 96.9, that's 6th best. Average running position of 10.717, 7th best. A total of 188 fastest laps to run, the 6th best. And completed 84.8% of his laps, uh, 4,078 in the top 15. Uh That's the 6th best. His crew chief uh this weekend is going to be David Elantz.
1: Next, next up we got Austin Sindrick. He's driver of the number twenty two Team Penske Ford, and he's the twenty twenty NASCAR Camp Se- or NASCAR Xfinity Series champion. Excuse me, uh, Sindrick on the hunt for his second title at Phoenix Raceway. He's coming off another extremely strong season with five wins and going back to ba- going for back to back series titles for the final time as he will transition to the Wood Brothers Racing next series in the Cup Series. Cindric opened the season with a win at Daytona International Speedway, punched his ticket to the playoffs from the start of the season. He went on to win four more times. Now, if Sindrick wins his second title this weekend, he'll become just the 10th different driver in NASCAR Xfinity Series with two or more championships. He made 32 starts for 2021, gathering those five wins. Came at the first race at Daytona, as well as the first at Phoenix. That plays into this. Dover, Pocono, and then Indianapolis Road Course. He also picked up 21 top fives and 25 top tens. He's led a total of 1,075 laps, managed an average start of 4.3 with an average finish of 8.4. In addition, Sindrick has posted great numbers in the season-to-date loop data stats. His driver rating is 116.7, which is the series best. Average running position, of 7.162, which is series best. A total of 504 fastest laps run, which is a series best. And then completed 89.9% of his laps in the top 15, which coincidentally is a series best. And he's got Brian Wilson uh, as his crew chief. Uh, first ser- served with the team, let's see... Going back to 2010. We're not
0: giving all the details there. We're just naming the crew chief. Yep. Okay. The last driver that we're going to look at here is A.J. Allmendinger, driving the number 16 Colleague Racing Chevrolet. Allmendinger's made 32 starts in 2020, gathering five wins at the first Las Vegas race, Mid-Ohio, Michigan, Bristol, and the Charlotte Roval. He accumulated eighteen top fives twenty two top tens, and one pole award in those thirty two starts. He also led a total of four hundred and twenty two laps this season and has maintained an average start of six point six but an average finish of nine point five in addition, almaninger posted solid season to date loop data stats including a driver rating of 110.1, second best, an average running position of 9.158, fourth best, and a total of 289 fastest laps run, fourth best, and completed 85.5% of his laps. Uh, so 4,108 in the top 15, which is fifth best. almond also earned the 2021 regular season championship title. His crew chief is Jason Trencheri. So uh, a lot to look forward to here in the Xfinity Series. We're going to go ahead and move on to the Cup Series and cover the championship four drivers there. Uh, The NASCAR Cup Series championship race at Phoenix Raceway will be Sunday November the 7th, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the purse for this race is $10,053,801. NBC will carry the pre-race coverage starting at 1.30 p.m. Eastern and radio coverage on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. 312 miles over 313, I'm sorry, 312 laps. Uh, the first stage ends on lap 75. The second stage ends on lap 190, and the final stage on lap 312. So there you have it for the Cup Series. And we'll cover the four drivers. I think we can do that. Let me look at this.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, they have theirs broken up a little bit differently here. I wasn't finding the... uh... The info on the four different drivers, like we've had.
0: Yeah, that's kind of uh, surprising. Um, let me look on this other um, one that they sent to us. Uh, it may give us information. Okay, special edition championship. Okay, yeah, they've got it in the uh, in the other uh, news and notes.
1: All right, let me see if I can get that pulled up real quick then.
0: Okay, I'll start with the fir- the bottom one, if I can find it here, and I think that's going to be Martin Truex Jr. Oh. Okay. Crew Chief is James Small. I think a lot of people already know that, but just in case. Martin Truex wants to be the next multiple cup champion. He returns to the Cup Series Playoffs Championship 4 round for a series record-tying fifth time since the inception of the elimination-style format in 2014. He joins Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch. With five championship four appearances each. And in the process, he became just the fourth different driver to enter the penultimate race under the playoff cut line and race his way into the postseason final round. He joins Kevin Harvick, who did it in 14, Danny Hamlin in 19, and Chase Elliott last year. The 2021 season marks his 16th full season in the NASCAR Cup Series, and over that time, the Mayetta, New Jersey native has collected 31 wins, 128 top fives, and 247 top tens. He joins Joe Gibbs Racing in 2019, two very successful seasons with Furniture Road Racing that saw him His cup championship in 2017 He also has Two championship four round Appearances in 17 and 18. After missing the Championship four last season Trix is back to his championship Contending form When 37 starts he's put up Four wins The first race, Martinsville the first race Darlington the second And Richmond the second race He has 12 top fives and 19 Top tens his average starting position this season is 8.3. His average finish is 12.3, and he's led 793 laps. Trex jumped into the playoffs with both, both feet, seeing at Darlington, a win at Richmond, uh, and that allowed him to advance to the next round with a seventh-place finish at Bristol. He then put up a fourth at Las Vegas, a twelfth at Talladega, and 29th at the Charlotte Roval, just gate into the round of eight. From there he fifth at Texas, seventh at Kansas, and as a result he went to Martinsville either happened to win or race his way in on points as he was below the cut line. The twenty seventeen series chance answered the bell and finished fourth, making the final round by three points over his teammate Kyle Bush. Now the forty one year old is looking to become the 17th different driver in series history to win multiple championships and just the second active driver to accomplish the feat, joining his JGR teammate, Kyle Busch, who won in 2015 and 19. Uh, Next up is Kyle Larson.
1: Crew chief for that number 500 motorsport Chevrolet, that'll be Cliff Daniels, The driver, Kyle Larson, let me scroll back up to the top here, as Larson looks to cement his name in history with this NASCAR Cup Series championship. A Hendrick Motorsports driver heads to Phoenix looking to become the 35th different driver in NASCAR Cup Series history to win the championship, and the fifth different driver to accomplish the uh, feat for Hendrick Motorsports as he joined Chase Elliott, who did it in 2020, Jimmy Johnson, uh, let me get a breath here, did it in 2016, 13, (laughs) 10, 9, 8, 7, and 06. And then NASCAR Hall of Famers, Jeff Gordon, who did it in 2001, 98, 97, and 95, as well as Terry Labonte splitting that up in 96. Now, of the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series Championship four drivers, Larson is the only one making his final round debut. The Elk Grove, California native's best previous finish in the NASCAR Camping or the NASCAR Cup Series uh, final standings was six, and that was back in 2019. Many know Larson one of the most accomplished dirt racers on the planet, as he graduated from the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program and immediately pounced on the NASCAR NASCAR National Series scene. It was in 2012 that Larson signed with Turner Scott Motorsports and made four starts in the Camping World Truck Series, where he posted three top tens, which included a runner-up finish at Phoenix. He made the jump to full-time racing in the Xfinity Series the next season in 2013, still with Turner in nine top fives and 17 top tens. He finished the season eighth there in points. Then he made his Cup Series debut in 2013. He competed in four of the final six races of the season for Turner Scott Motorsports. After it was announced, he would drive the number 42 Chevrolet full-time in 2014 for Chip Ganassi Racing. Ever since 2014, Larson has been scheduled to run full-time in the NASCAR Cup Series. He spent almost seven full seasons with Chip Ganassi Racing putting up six wins with the organization from 2014 to 2020. But in 2020, Chip Ganassi Racing released Larson just four races into the season, following his suspension by NASCAR, where he used the racial slur over radio during a public iRacing event. Larson would sit out the remainder of the 2020 season. Following uh, that, Larson fulfilled the requirements by NASCAR to lift his suspension, and it was Hendrick Motorsports who reached out to him to see if he wanted another shot. And as they say, the rest is history. Hendrick Motorsports brought back the number five team and paired crew chief Cliff Daniels with Larson for the 2021 season. Since joining the number five team at the beginning of the year, the duo has put up a series-leading nine victories as they leading into the championship race this weekend at Phoenix Raceway.
0: Okay. Next up, we have Denny Hamlin with Joe Gibbs Racing. He's seeking his first career cup title. Uh, his crew chief is Gabe, uh, Chris Gabehart. Uh He burst onto the NASCAR Cup Series scene full-time in 2006, and ever since, he's been a force of the series year in and year out. The 40-year-old has competed in the Cup Series in 16 full-time seasons, qualifying for the Cup Series playoffs in a series record 15 of them tied with Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, and Kurt Busch for the series most, uh, all at 15 each. This season will mark the fourth time that the Virginians made the championship four round 2014, 19, 20, and 21, tied with Joy Logano for second most appearances in the series. And Hamlin is hoping that this is the year. He gets his first title. Now, if Hamlin were to accomplish the feat this weekend, he'd become the first Cup Series driver from Virginia to win a championship. In 2014, he qualified for the final round of the playoffs to finish seventh in the season finale at Homestead, Miami, ultimately third in the championship standings. Last season, he advanced to the championship four for the second time in his career, but a tough call on pit road in the season finale was costly for Hamlin, and he finished the race 10th and ultimately 4th in the final championship standings. Hamlin's best finish in the Cup Series championship standings came in 2010 when he finished runner-up in points behind Jimmy Johnson. Hamlin's 21 championship campaign started with a fifth-place finish in the Daytona 500, then a third-place finish in the Daytona road course in the opening two weeks. Uh, as a result, he took the points lead and then held it for 22 straight races. It's been Hamlin's relentless consistency that has made the difference this season. In 35 starts, he has posted two wins, 18 top fives, twenty four top tens and his average finish this season um is a stout eight point six. We got one more driver.
1: Yeah, that's right. And certainly last but not least, we got the number nine Hendrick Motorsport Chevrolet of Chase Elliott, along with crew chief Alan Gustafson. Now, Elliott is looking to become the 11th different driver all time to win back-to-back Cup titles. He is the 2020 Defending Cup Series champion, and he has that opportunity this Sunday in the NASCAR Cup Series race at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, He would join Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, Richard Petty, Darrell Waltrip, Cale Yarbrough, David Pearson, Lee Petty, Joe Weatherly, and Buck Baker. Um, <clears throat> now, Elliott would be the first driver to win consecutive championships since Jimmy Johnson's record five straight titles from 26, whoops, uh, 2006 to 2010. And Elliott would also become the 17th driver all time in the series with multiple champions and just the second active driver with more than one title joining Kyle Bush who did it in 2015 and 2019. Okay. Now, Mr. – let's see. Okay, you do you want, want to me to get any other
0: uh... – Yeah, you can
1: okay. go ahead and um, that one. All right. Uh, he's obviously Mr. Uh, Popularity, looking to add that to his championship resume. Embraced by the overwhelming cheers in his favor by the fans at the track, there's no doubt Hendrick Motorsports' Chase Elliott is the NASCAR Cup Series' most popular driver. The year-end uh, award has taken home for the special distinction the last three seasons, just a confirmation of the top of the songs of fans singing his praise on a weekly basis. As I mentioned, he is the reigning 2020 Cup Series champion He's answered his winning title season with quite the comparative performance heading into Phoenix this weekend. With a strong run out the gate, uh, nearly winning the Daytona 500, where he finished runner-up, and then held momentum throughout the regular season, never falling out of the top 10 in points. In that time, he grabbed two wins during the regular season, picking up uh, victories at the Circuit of Americas, as well as Road America. He entered the 2021 playoffs as the 10th seed, with 21 playoff points to his credit. Unfortunately, a late-race incident with Christopher Bell at Darlington to open the playoffs. He finished 31st, and then he was quickly to rebound, though, to finish fourth at Richmond and earned enough points with 25th place following the Bristol race to advance to the round of 12. Then reversed course at the beginning of the next round. Vegas found his momentum slowed. At Talladega, though, with an 18th-place finish. Uh, he picked up and secured his spot in the round of eight, though, with the 12th place at the Charlotte Roval Road course. And then his final round here, Elliott uh, turned up the wick and finished seventh at Texas, and a runner-up at Kansas in the round of eight. And so he was 34 points into the ch- from the championship four cut line heading into the race at Martinsville Speedway, where he dominated the first two stages, and clinched his spot in the championship four round for the second time in his career. Through the 35 races on the year, he has those two victories, 14 top fives and 20 top tens. He's led a total of 858 laps. His average finish is 11.5. He also has the third best season-to-date driver rating of 101.5 on the year. So it's tough to pick a, a, a favorite out of those four, huh, Sharon? Yeah, it really is.
0: Uh this has really been um uh a, an amazing year in the uh cup series, uh, the Xfinity series and the uh uh cup series, uh when it comes to uh the what's happening. I there are a couple of other little things uh that we can kind of mention here. The ultimate goal, of course, at uh, Phoenix this weekend is to crown a champion at Phoenix. But before we do, fans will be treated to a full schedule of action this make- weekend, making it feel like it was back 2019. The Cup Series is going to hold a practice this weekend on Friday, November the 5th, from 4.05 to 4.55 p.m. Eastern Time. The Series then will set the starting lineup by good old pole qualifying on Saturday, November the 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And then last season's starting lineup for the championship race at Phoenix was set by the metric qualifying, and as a result, Chase Elliott earned the first starting position. This season, he's going to have to earn it on the one-mile track. So uh, it is going to be interesting uh, to see that uh, the practice and qualifying is back for this championship for a race nothing's going to be given to anybody.
1: Well, I know I didn't have it listed on our uh, list of hot topics here coming up at the top of the hour, but that certainly could be one. I heard a couple of interesting points made by the drivers during their media championship uh, four media session mm-hmm. that kind of talked about that. Kyle Larson, I believe, was one of them. And I can't remember the other one that mentioned that of uh, the difference of that going into this weekend versus what they've been doing all year, primarily. I believe this is only the eighth time all year they've had qualifying practice and qualifying.
0: Yeah, there haven't been many times.
1: Like you said, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that, how that plays out and shakes up with the, uh, with the drivers,
0: with the drivers. Exactly. Right. Um, It it is going to be interesting uh let's look at the numbers well actually before we do that do you want to give a uh, quick rundown of our fantasy group for those people that might have missed it on monday night show
1: all right whoops pull those up uh yeah we got some uh interesting battles of our own here uh we'll start with the <laughs> truck series being that we're down to the one race 16 points available uh, we have one of those mathematically possible, uh, five of us mathematically possible. Sam's at 100 points. He would need to get the race victory to go up to 116, as I have the point lead at 115. But in between there, I'm at 115, Andy's at 111, Sharon 108, and Mike 107. So five of us, a five out of eight possible to pick up that victory. The Xfinity wow. Series... Same story, different uh, position, though. It's Mike that's at 145. 16 points would put him at 161. That means i got to get one point to eliminate Mike. So four of us have a shot at the Xfinity Series. I'm at 160, Andy at 152, Sam at 149, and then Mike at 145. Uh, On the Cup Series, here we're not going to talk about mathematically possible uh, four <laughs> of us, Sharon at 191, Owen and Jay, or myself, sorry, uh, uh, me and Owen at 195, and we're three points behind Mike at 198. So they're at seven points between the top four that have a shot at it um, for the Cup Series. On the overall, there I believe it would be tight for Mike to catch me. I got 470, Mike has 450, which is 20 points. And he needs 20 out of 32 points uh, available. No, there's three races. I'm sorry. I missed Oh, bummer. He's got more of a shot than I thought. <laughs> uh, oh. There's 48 <laughs> points available. So he needs half of them, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking I had that one locked up, but I don't. Uh, three yeah. races is 48 points available. Uh, and he needs 20 of them to catch me. So that one could be more interesting than I thought. Uh, but I'm at 470. Mike at 450. Sam at 425, Sharon 424, Owen 391, Andy 359, James 352, and Tommy 336. But all around, it has been an absolute great season here with this fan for racing. I think we got a really great format the way it works out and plays out. Mentioned it, four or five of us going for each of these uh, championships.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, and we appreciate you taking the time to keep track of all of it for us. And, uh, it does, it does bring a different perspective when I'm watching the race. Uh, I'm looking to see uh, who do I have to beat <laughs> in order to gain a
1: point. So, uh,
0: I'll be doing the same this weekend.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Having done it with my family as well the last couple of years, uh, you know, my mom's the same way. She'll occasionally pick a driver that's not her favorite, but she needs to cheer for or against, uh, and possibly for a whole other reason. <laughs> so you're right; it does add just a different dynamic to it.
0: Yes, yes, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And I uh, will tell you what, this whole season's been a lot of fun to do the preview show with you, as well, Jay, and. Uh, You know, of course, we're going to do it again next season, and I hope you'll come along uh, for the ride with us in the 2022 season.
1: I certainly hope so. It's been been great. I know it's been already, I think, what, three, coming up on maybe four years uh, that I've worked with you, and it's just been an absolute blast. I know uh, I think when I started, the Thursday night preview show was kind of something you were able to bring back with me joining the Fan for Racing Mm -hmm. uh, team. So that was a real great deal, the way it worked out and the timing of it all.
0: It really was. And, uh, you know, I am thankful as we think about November being the month of uh, being thankful. I'm thankful for you uh, stepping in uh, to do the preview show, but also stepping in as a co-host on Monday nights uh, when Sal's unable to be on the show uh, You know, a lot of our guys have work schedules uh, And that's why Andy and Mike can't always do the hot topics as well uh, And thankfully we have Tommy Craft and Owen Stewart That were able to kind of step in in those seats uh, a few times this year as well So we've got a great uh, team uh, with with some great uh, bench strength there too
1: yeah, even even just the couple years I mentioned that I've been with you to see it grow, and we have the eight that are doing the, the Fan for Racing, such a strong team all the way around. You're right. We've been able to play around with that. And, and this year we're talking about even doing some uh, off-season shows. Uh, the amount of support that we heard already from that of, of going about that uh, just adds to uh, what we're able to do here at Fan for Racing. And that is thanks to you, Sharon.
0: Well, thank you, but uh, I couldn't do it by myself, by any uh, means, shape, or form. Uh, it's all of us working together as a team that really makes this thing work. Uh, I just kind of guide the ship, but you guys uh, uh, do a great job with uh, the direction that we go. So that's that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think we have a couple of them. Uh... Was I know Tommy was coming. I don't remember if Andy was able to be here tonight.
0: Yeah, Andy can't be on tonight, and neither will Mike. So we do have yourself, Jazz Huseman, as well as Tommy Kraft, who just came on board. Welcome to the show, Tommy.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. How are y'all?
0: We're doing good. How are you?
2: I'm doing pretty good.
0: Well, that's good to hear. Okay, we're ready to uh, start our Hot Topic sound off here. Um, uh, I am looking for a pen to keep track of everything, but, uh, Tommy, I'm going to have you kind of start us off with the first Hot Topic.
2: Let's go with uh, 23XI, Um, still fighting for that second charter, and... um, with what Jay said in regards to them being about twelve million dollars a piece now.
0: Okay, uh,
1: Jay, do you want to comment on that? All right. Well, the the tweet itself came from Adam Stern uh, saying that despite its talks with Front Row uh, Motorsports collapsing at the eleventh hour, twenty three remains in advanced talks with other teams, still expected to pick up the second charter in twenty twenty two. For people uh, familiar with it, uh, that's great. I, I hope that they are able to secure that. I'd like to, to know that one of the teams, and this is the intent, good intent behind the charter system, I'll say that. I, I know I've been kind of negative towards my, my opinion on the whole charter system. There are some downsides to it. This is one I, I do like the intent that they have with it in 20, uh, Team 2311 building and looking to the future, putting together a second team, Uh, Is a reason for that. Uh, I think Kurt Busch can obviously handle qualifying and getting in on his own, but it's nice to have that security. My curiosity comes from, well, the other thing before I I get back to to mention it, and I couldn't find the tweet, I know Mike said he had seen it too, that right now that from what they've heard, I don't know if there's any uh, proof of it, but that 10 to 12 million, 12 million being, being the more common of what's being asked for a charter. We know a couple of teams that passed on them or bought out another team. And I think it referenced last year, charters were going for about $6 million, so they've doubled in price. Uh, with that, I'm kind of curious as to where it comes from. I think it almost has to be Rick Ware Motorsports, but that is also one, I know Mike has voiced his opinion on that, of maybe the ones that weren't the most valuable per se as far as where they were in rankings, but they are the most excess as far as having four of them to to work with that we're seeing that of the price goes up as, as they become less and less. And also then the wonder of this leads to other, other questions, I guess, if you will, front row Motorsports all of a sudden opting to not, we kind of thought that was real close to being a done deal. And then it didn't as to why it didn't. Um, But happy for, for 2311, if they are able to secure that, Uh, I still think NASCAR does need to look at maybe something a little bit different on how they go about this, being that it's, it's extremely tough and you would have to come with a a mega sponsor. And we know that you already kind of do, but for, for it to be 12 million, even to, to lock yourself in, let alone before you think about your car, your shop, your, your team or your team salary of anything, you're already 12 million in the hole. Uh, that's a tough chunk to swallow just to come out and race with the NASCAR Cup Series.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Jay, and that that's exactly the point that I was going to bring up. Uh, $12 million is a big, big chunk of money uh, to pay for a charter before you pay for anything else, and uh, I think uh, NASCAR had good intentions with this charter system, but we don't want it to work against us actually growing as a sport either. And that's what we're seeing happening. Uh, the first indication was when, uh, track house racing decided it was cheaper for them to buy out, uh, <clears throat> what do you call it, Tip Ganassi Racing, uh, than to get a charter. Uh, that's the first indication that things are not going well. Uh, with that charter system, if it's that much money that they're having to pay. So I do think that that's something that NASCAR needs to look at. And I'm happy that 2311, uh, still has the possibility of getting that second charter. Jay's right. I think, uh, you know, we, if a driver could, uh, work without it, it would be, uh, Kurt Bush. But if he doesn't have to, that, that's all the better. But, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Wait for that announcement to come out So we know uh, where that charter is coming from Uh, You're right The the team that has the most charters Available are the uh, Ones from Rick Ware So hopefully it'll be Somewhere different but uh, we'll see What happens Uh, Tommy what are your thoughts
2: Well I think I said it last time We talked about this Um, I kind of had the Feeling that we already knew that Kurt Busch's car was going to get a uh, a charter for it before the season started. It's just a matter of who is it going to be. But um, one of the things I wanted to add that I saw on Twitter that was pretty funny was um, everybody was giving uh, Calling Racing a hard time for uh, how much they paid on their charter, but uh, that's starting to look like a good deal now that it's uh, up to $12 (laughs) million so. Um but yeah, Rick Ware, he's uh he's gonna have what did he say, two cars next year, so
1: three right. maybe
2: or or is it unconfirmed still. But either way, it seems to be that maybe that's gonna be where that car that charter comes from for twelve million. But uh um also saw a front row rumor um on Reddit, uh since we were talking about how Denny Hamlin was going to get it from them. Um, this doesn't really have to tie in with 23XI, but I did want to float it out there. But I saw the rumor where Garrett Smithley was going to go to Rick Ware and be in the 38 car. You know, unconfirmed It's Twitter, it's Reddit, so, you know, take it for what it is. But still saw that floating out there, and we were talking about Rick Ware, and he drives for them too. So just... Silly season, even though the championship is this weekend, there's still next year, so there's still crazy stuff going on.
0: That is true. Jay, your follow-up thoughts?
2: Well,
1: with that, I would have thought, uh, first thought there, uh, and I hadn't seen that uh, of a name tied to the second front row motorsports or what their intent was being that they didn't sell the charter. But I know when I talked about this, I think the position they're in of where they've been growing Michael McDowell picking up his first victory as well as then the playoff uh, spot by said victory in the Daytona 500 kind of put them in a position where that they're ready to move to that next level of a two uh, full time 2 full time championship contending teams. I'll put it that way. They've kind of always had that that second car. Well, both cars being mid-packed. They've taken that step to McDowell. I know through I think the first three or four races had a streak of top tens going. So I think we're seeing them taking that next step, and they don't want to take a step backwards, uh, whereas we've seen JTG have to give up that second one. They ran uh, the second car with Ryan Priest this year without a uh, – not provisional, what's the word, a charter, and did manage to make all the races – but they said it just wasn't uh, financially plausible to continue to do that next year. So they're going down to a one car team. The one good thing I do take away from all of this is with these charters being to, although being to that price by getting them, I think we are going to see more 36 then top quality or closer to the top teams being out there. And I do like that because then we're seeing a full field of, possible race winning teams Uh, again it may not be next year as some of these teams come in their first year talk about college racing gms that they might not come out winning every each and every week or running top five each and every week but i think as you see more of that i think we're going to see it be more of a full field of race winning capable cars or teams and i do like that so that's the one good thing i'll try and keep it on a positive that i do see coming out of all this Uh, Manipulation of the charter system
0: Okay Um, Anthony Alfredo currently Drives that number 38 uh, At Front Row Motorsports So I think his uh, future Is kind of in question At this point which is a shame I'd like to see him get another opportunity uh, Even if it's in the Xfinity series or the truck series Uh, I'd hate to see his career End So I hope Anthony Alfredo ends up somewhere, and that's about the only thing that I have to add here. So, Tommy, what are your final thoughts?
2: I just agree with Jay um, that it looks like we're heading down the path of having about 40 cars, 36 to 40 cars. They're going to be competitive every Sunday, so that's a good thing. Um, And I do agree with him in regards to – since they won the Daytona 500, talking about front row, you would think that they would, you know, want to get somebody like Matt DiBenedetto or Ryan Newman in the car with Michael McDowell, or maybe, you know, keep Anthony Alfredo and, you know, veteran leadership with him or something, so um, I don't know, but 23XI, um, they're going to get that charter, uh, only a matter of time, and that's what I was thinking, last time we were talking about it, and um, I think Bob Pockrass all but confirmed confirmed it. It's just a matter of time and who it's going to be.
0: Okay. Okay, with that, Jay, you get to bring up the next hot topic.
1: All right. Well, Tommy mentioned Bob Pockrass, and and I'm going to have to rely a little bit more on him on this one. Um, If you followed the feed, and I know Mike put up a a screenshot of it, but – D.C. D. C. Sol- Solar. Solar. Yeah, there we go. Uh, back in the news, they were a sponsor for Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, ran into some legal issues, fraudulent issues. They were a sponsor both in the Cup Series as well as the Xfinity Series. Um, now it looks like it's coming back to Chip Ganassi Racing, and that also brings in the question of being that he sold the team of where that falls, but that the race team owes money for their issues that they have uh, come through. And, again, I'm not a lawyer. I'll I'll share if we want to talk about what Bob Pachris has already shared. Um, But that the trustee, what is it? How does it refer to it here? The D.C. Solar Bankruptcy trustee is seeking $20 million, I believe, from Chip Ganassi Racing for sponsorship money paid to them uh, throughout the years. Okay.
0: Um, Tommy, your thoughts?
2: So, um, thanks for Chip Ganassi, because um, if I was reading that right, uh, that's kind of a, a terrible thing, that DC Solar had all those issues, and that CGR um, might have to pay them or is going to have to pay them, Uh you know he still has an Indy car team and everything, so I'm sure he'll be fine. But still, that's not a not a good situation. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's how Ross Chastain lost his ride with Chip Ganassi, but then he ended up back there somehow or it worked out for him. But because he was going, he had just started to like win in the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series, if I remember. And then D.C. Solar had that issue, and they pulled out and were off of Kyle Larson's car and the Xfinity car. So, yeah, I remember that. Um, but um, William Byron, he might have himself a situation with Liberty. So uh, we'll see how that works out for him, too. So it's just unfortunate. Part of the business, just like how NFL and NBA and all that has trades, there's just – nothing drivers and players and stuff can do. It just happens.
0: Yes, indeed. Um uh, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, the analogy that they gave here is that if the car is stolen, uh, and you happen to buy a stolen car, uh it's still not your car, so you gotta give it back. And that's kind of the scenario that they're giving here for this situation. Uh, so, uh, it's unfortunate for Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, he just sold the entire team. Uh, I hope that doesn't mean that that debt, I don't think it means that that debt, uh, gets rolled over to 2311, or track house, I guess it is. But, uh, uh, you know, that's a heck of a thing to have happen to you. Uh, at this stage, you just finally get out of it. The other uh, concern was that they might go after the IndyCar operation for Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, because he has a, a, a very, uh, very good team there in the IndyCar series, uh, through that organization. So, uh, it's unfortunate. I think that's the only thing you can really say, but, um uh It's the way the law works, and unfortunately, he probably will have to pay that money back. So, Jay, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure here. Like I said, I, I'm not a lawyer by any means, nor in the business side. Uh, I will say this, as I do have some uh, investments in, as far as a business. I would think that a protection clause, first off, from going after the IndyCar, being that the IndyCar, I think, is a separate uh right entity right. in it itself that just like they can't go after chip ganassi's personal house uh there's there's uh, i'm trying to think of the right word here um what do yeah, we what do I we have it's not called a, it's not called a charter what you when you enter into a partnership or agreement of agreement, how you set it up to protect contract. yourself yeah yeah
0: um i think that they usually say in there uh but i whether or not they said it in this particular contract we don't know
1: right and and that word'll come to me here in a minute if if i think of it i'll uh, just randomly shout it out probably but no uh, um using the using the analogy that i think it was mike that was saying of you know if you if you buy a stolen car they can still come mm-hmm. get the car but that's a material object the money wise i don't know i don't know how that would play in as well as that and then, like you said, it could range from a of different things, and I'm sure each side is going to have their own lawyer team. You mentioned whether or not it can go, they can go after then track house, being that track house bought out CJ, CJR uh, Chip Ganassi rest, uh, Racing, whether or not they can go after the IndyCar team to get it, or second, mm-hmm. whether or not they can even get any money coming back to it. You know, I mentioned it's going to it's the and I, I'm reading this from. Um, bob Pockrest, you know being that the company representing D- dc solar and and the money there the bankruptcy trustee they're looking to pass the buck if you will They're like okay that money went here we'll try and get it from them obviously chip ganassi racing is going to come back with their legal team and say hey we agreed to do this we put the sponsorship or, or the sponsorship on the car Tommy mentioned it, both Ross Chastain as well as Kyle Larson representing them. They fulfilled their end. They got their money. Where that money came from, you know, really wasn't their problem, if you will. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if none or not as much. And I know he broke down of how much actually did get paid. That wasn't even the full amount. Um, you can follow or find that on a schedule of payments in the court records under Bob Pachris. So I don't think it's going to be, end up being the full $20 million. Some of it possibly, but I also think that it's going to come down to probably some type of uh, mediation agreement of, of a partial payment or a settlement outside of that, if you will. I'm hoping that it certainly doesn't go into effect track house racing. Uh there again, they're now, what, third, fourth party down the line of how this might be affected. I'd hate to see it affect a, a budding team like that that is growing and trying to grow and become a, a top-level team. And I know Mike mentioned it going back to some, we've seen it in some Xfinity Series teams uh, going back. Generally speaking, when you have that sponsorship issue, it is with your lower tier teams that work with maybe not as strong a reputable, reputable um, companies what? taking on these sponsorship deals and then not getting paid. We've seen that in the past. I know, uh, I think Jennifer Joe Cobb and Mike Harmon are two that come to mind of having these kind of issues normally when you talk about joe gibbs racing hendrick motorsports uh, these teams that have top top companies which i really thought dc solar was and obviously they represented themselves well and made that made a lot of people believe that um, turned out to be one that maybe wasn't but we don't see that as much at the top level with these more reputable companies so hopefully this all gets worked out and doesn't affect the nascar and the racing product as a whole
0: Yes, indeed, um, Tommy. Your follow-up thoughts?
2: Yeah, just an unfortunate situation. Um, I didn't think um, that Trackhouse would be in position to where they would have to pay it, but that would make it make the situation even more unfortunate because, like uh, you guys said, you know they're trying to. Build up and uh, get started So that would not be a step In the right direction Um, I remember what it did With Frost Chastain It kind of set him back And then he had to scramble But he ended back up at Chip Ganassi So that all worked out for him um, Mm -hmm. At least But uh, the one to watch For uh, the future uh, Sponsorship wise I think is going to be William Byron and Liberty
0: Okay, uh, so we'll see what happens there. I don't really have too much to add, so Jay, I'll forward it over to you.
1: All right, we looking for another uh topic or I think I did no, that your one final
0: thoughts on this topic
1: oh yeah the the liberty Liberty University that one's a little bit different. We'll have to see what develops from there. Um, it might lead to uh, no longer being a sponsor, and I'd hate to see that as well. I think that's one of the ones where I think that's a good program. Um, with the DC Solar deal, again, we'll have to wait. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to be more of a legal issue than a, than a NASCAR involvement. But it does still tie into news, uh, you know. And with Chip Ganassi Racing coming out of NASCAR, like I said, the only way it'd pull in there then is if Trackhouse still has to uh, be a part of it. Hopefully, it'll all settle itself out uh Sharon you mentioned just an unfortunate situation all the way around and hopefully uh, it doesn't uh hurt Chip Ganassi racing as well uh even though he's no longer NASCAR he, he, Tommy mentioned it I think with the IndyCar team still going to be involved in racing and around uh so hopefully he's able to work his way through it as well as far as a company uh aspect to it
0: Absolutely Okay, Tommy, I'll let you bring up the next topic, but before we get into it, I think I'll go ahead and make up the uh, announcement uh, for the uh, close of the show here, the on-air portion. Tommy, are you still with us?
2: Oh, yeah, let's go with uh, Matt McCall going to uh, Brad Keselowski uh, as a crew chief.
0: Okay, yeah, they made that announcement this week. So, uh, Jay, your thoughts there?
1: Well, a little bit odd uh, as far as uh, the one that I thought maybe would follow him from Penske Racing, being that wasn't his crew chief uh, that he was paired with. Uh, I do like uh, McCall as a crew chief, and I I think, uh, again, Brad, obviously a very smart businessman. That's why he went over to Roush Fenway. He wanted to be a part of that. It wasn't available at Team Penske um, when it comes to that. So he obviously had things in mind when he made this decision. Uh, I know uh, talk about it of stealing uh, members from another team or something like this. You know, everybody's got to make a decision where they feel they fit best, whether it be as a driver, uh, as a crew chief in in an organization. So McCall opting to go with Brad Kozlowski obviously feels that there's a good thing going on there and wants to be a part of it, uh, especially with Roush Fenway returning back to the top where we've seen them in the past wanting to be a part of that as well. I think it's going to be an interesting pairing. We'll see how it works out. We talk about that of the crew chief driver combination is always a very key element to any team being successful. Uh, See how it works out being that isn't one that Brad has worked with directly um, there at Team Penske How it works once they are uh, Side by side and in each other's ear
0: Yeah, it's kind of in, You're right, it is kind of interesting uh, That Matt McCall is making that move To be with Brad Keselowski Next year um, And and maybe this is something That Brad has put a lot of thought And, and effort into right. Uh, I'm thinking that he, there's no way he was going to take anybody out of the Team Penske organization. I'm sure that there's uh, probably some clauses in their contract there that if they leave, they can't take anybody with them. Um, I might be wrong about that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Roger Penske uh, would put that in there. Uh, but Matt McCall, uh, it could be somebody that, uh Brad Keselowski has worked with in the past. Uh it could be somebody that he feels an affinity with and uh somebody that he thought was a good choice to uh pick to bring over uh to be his crew chief there at Rosh wasting. Uh I hope it worked out for him. I really do. I know uh Brad is a like you said, a very smart guy when it comes to business. And uh, uh I th- you know, when you consider uh, the crew chief swap at Team Penske uh, and how much that hurt him to lose Paul Wolf to his, uh, biggest competitor over there, Joey Logano. Uh, I think that, uh, um, he probably, he probably, uh, was kind of forced into this situation of finding somebody else. So I hope it is a good matchup and I hope they have a lot of success next year. Okay, Tommy, your thoughts?
2: I'm surprised he didn't bring Paul uh, Paul Wolf with him because that was his crew chief for the longest time over there at Penske. But, yeah, you guys Mm -hmm. pointed out some interesting (laughs) stuff. Uh, Matt McCall, he could have either went with Kurt Busch to 23XI or he could have stayed there with Trackhouse and um, helped develop that program. So it looks like, though, he wants to help out Brad Kay and Roush and getting them turned around, getting that six-car uh, back to the Mark Martin days, and uh, getting that 17 car back to the Matt Kenseth days. So I uh, hope it works out, and hopefully they get Newman part-time and either that 16, 26, or 97 car, because uh, I want to see them doing, uh, doing well again. And in my personal opinion, they should bring back that 97 car, because then they would have the sixth car, which was the main car, in the 17-97 that won championships. So that's just my opinion. But um, he definitely had options out there, and uh, he's choosing to help out Brad Kay at Roush. And I'm also curious to see what they're going to call Roush. Was it going to be RK Racing, Roush Kiswowski Racing, Finway? Yeah. That's in there, too.
0: Is Finway going to still be a part of it, too? I don't know.
2: Thanks, uh, LeBron James, for oh. part of that Fenway group, too.
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, I am going to go ahead and make the announcement now. Uh, we This announcement is particularly for those people who have not tuned in to Fan for Racing Radio in the past. Uh, maybe this is your first time tuning in. Uh, we're making an announcement at this time of the night. So that you're not caught off guard. We are going off the air at exactly 1030 p.m. Eastern time and we will continue our conversation and record that conversation as part of our bonus overtime material on our podcast. Now, what I do is when we finish our conversation here, I go out on Twitter uh, to let everybody know that the podcast is available and uh, that way you know that you can then go to the podcast, whether it's at blog talk radio or fanforracing.com, and just fast forward to the two hour mark, uh, to hear the rest of that conversation. So again, we didn't want anybody to be caught off guard, uh, with us going off air mid sentence and not know how that you can hear the rest of the show. So there you have it. And, uh, uh, Jay, I think it's uh, your turn again. For follow
1: up yeah, it mentioned it possibly being Paul Wolf that he brought with as a crew chief, you know that would have been my initial thought if that were available, and I think that's when we're sharing you were talking about of uh, maybe he wasn't eligible uh, for whatever reason under contract, but I would have thought history wise that would have been who Brad Kozlowski would have liked to have brought with him, and maybe he did try and it just wasn't possible or uh, Paul Wolf didn't want to make that transition We don't know that um, But I do think that McCall is a good addition into, And I believe I don't know if it was ever officially announced That it would be Roush, Fenway, Keslowski. Again, Keslowski is a minorship Owner I think uh, Roush and Fenway are the two Primaries still So I think it's going to be RFK uh, Racing, if I'm not mistaken We'll have to see as it gets into next year And how they go about listing that um, but I do think yeah. McCall, not not just for Keselowski as a driver of his specific crew chief, but as we know, though, too, of, of what you bring into an organization, one crew chief affecting the entire uh, fleet, uh, at least a two-car team. I know there's still been talk about Ryan Newman possibly being part-time there as a third. We haven't heard much on that as of late. Um, and then it said crew chief for Chris Busher would be announced later. Uh, it's one of those of we've seen, again, some signs of good things from R- Roush Fenway as it is now, Brad coming over there, as well as then another crew chief, new blood, new new perspective of what level they can take it to next year. And I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Oh, Okay. Uh, again, I don't have too much to add. So, Tommy, you get the last word here.
2: Yeah, I don't really have much to add either. Um, he just had a bunch of options. Matt McCall, like I said, he could have stayed at Trackhouse and developed that. Could have went with Kurt Busch and stayed with him and uh, helped develop 23XI. But uh, he's the one with Brad Kay to help turn Ralph Skinway around. So uh, I really hope that they do get that uh, race team turned back around and back to the days back when they used to be like Mark Martin and uh Matt Kenseth out there. So uh I can't wait. I'm excited too and um I'm just kinda of surprised that uh well, I mean like y'all said, maybe Paul Wolf wasn't available, but that's who I'm always gonna be remembering as uh Brad Case, the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, those two worked very well together. Uh Jay, you get to bring up another hot topic.
1: All right. Well, if you can see, I just put one up on the, uh, on the uh, board there. I think we can tie two of them together. Uh, this one I just saw recently, though. Lawless Allen going to run full-time for Nice Motorsports in 2022. And if we want to tie it in with another one I had up, Dean Thompson was also announced for 2022 with Nice Motorsports. So, Nice Motorsports uh, bringing in some new drivers.
0: Yeah, and are they running full-time or part-time those guys full-time it says
1: uh, it says both i believe both were full full-time
0: that's awesome because niece motorsports typically runs uh part those cars part-time uh so it's good to see them bringing in some full-time drivers tommy what are your thoughts
2: I guess that's the end of Ryan Truex and Natalie Decker, um, since those two are now full time. Um, Carson our glad to see that he'll he'll be back with them next year, cause I think it's only a matter of time before he finds Vigley lane if he already hasn't already found it. I'm not sure if he has a win or not, but uh, he was up there a few times this year, if I remember correctly, at Darlington. I really thought he was going to pull that one but it's a win. So, um, you know, Nisa's had success with Ross Chastain and Jose Barr. So maybe these two uh young guys will have some success and uh, do well because Truex and Allie Decker uh they didn't they didn't do too didn't do too well. And I feel like somebody else didn't do too good in their equipment either. Was it Majeski? So
0: Yeah, they let Majeski go early in the season.
2: Yes, yeah, so maybe these two guys will uh, have good years next year. Cause um, you know, besides Ty Gibbs and like John Hunter Nemechek, and uh, I mean, there's a bunch of prospects out there. But uh, you know, we need some uh, some bigger names up there to compete with like Ty Gibbs and John Hunter Nemechek and uh, Harrison Burton, Jeb Burton. You know, we need some more names. We need some more stars, so hopefully this works out for them.
0: Okay. Yeah, we've had Dean Thompson on the show a couple of times, and I think it's uh, really good that he's going to be going uh, to a full-time ride with me, Motorsports. Also, Wallace Allen's been on our show a few times, so just kind of a dink as it relates to that. But uh, I'm glad for both of them that they're going to – uh nice motorsports lawless allen educated me on auto park it uh which i had no idea what that was about uh but it's kind of like a uh an automated parking service uh where uh you can push some buttons and uh an elevator comes down and picks up your car and parks it for you until you're ready to come back you get a ticket and come back and get your car so Kind of cool but uh, that's a Big sponsor of his And um, uh, I hope He does really good it doesn't Really say here let's see uh, If he's going to be full time I'm going to go over to the Twitter piece uh, well will Drive for me full time yeah Lawless Allen is full time as well So I'm excited About that I think uh, that's going to be Really good those are both uh, West Coast drivers uh, that are really popular in the West Coast. And I think uh, uh I think that they're they're both gonna be really good at Nice Motorsports. The last driver we saw seen that was really good at Nice Motorsports was um uh Ross Castain. So it'll be fun to see what these guys can do. Jay?
1: Well uh I had put up the one on Dean Thompson a day or two back, and, and I feel Mike swelling up inside of me here of some of the things that, that he mentioned. And normally it's uh, Sharon that I have to say takes the, the words right out of my mouth. Tommy did this time. Let's start with some concerns. Uh, Ty Majewski, uh, you know, a, a very quality driver we saw come up and run with him and not even make it through a full season. And I think that's where Mike would chime in with, the pocketbook coming with a particular driver i don't believe ty majeski had that with lawless allen you mentioned that there as well as thompson i believe that thompson pipeline um, that we talked mm-hmm. about on his arkham menards west uh, team so there is a little bit of a concern there of whether their pocketbook can hold the ride for him however and then you mentioned um, we talked about this several times it seemed like With Nice Motorsports, the only driver that could run, they did have the capability to win races, but the only driver that could get it done was uh, Ross Chastain when he would come over. Even Brett Mm Moffat made a few starts for him. And it seemed to be a little bit more of a struggle. Now that we got Carson Hosovar going for being in the playoffs and going after a championship uh, that has ended, but is still one of the top teams throughout the year that maybe we're seeing them take that step and growing. Obviously, more income with said sponsors from the two new drivers will bring that. So I'm going to put my hope on that they're in the building process and that this helps. My initial thought with seeing Dean Thompson sign with them was I didn't want to see a repeat of the Ty Majeski situation. So we'll have to Mm. see how they do it. But being that they are coming off a championship contending season, can put that together with two or three teams and build on it for the future. And I do think that Dean Thompson and Lawless Allen are two quality drivers that can get that done. So I do hope the best for them with that.
0: Okay. Tommy, your follow-up?
2: Yeah, Brett Moffat was the other one that struggled. That was the other one that I couldn't remember, and he didn't even make it a full year this year with him, but he was also earlier in the season this year doing really well in the Xfinity Series, so he switched, but he actually did say that he wanted to stay at Nice and help them, but they they decided to just let him go, so... um, And that was kind of what happened last year with Tom But, yeah, those are definitely concerns. I hope it doesn't happen to these two rookies because, like I said, uh, I I don't watch much artists, so I don't know how well these guys ran, but you guys are saying that they're pretty quality. So you don't want to see them, you know, two potential rookies and, you you know, who knows what they could be. Come in and then just not Have the success, so I hope that they don't Have that, because Josevar looks good This year, so hopefully they have that team Going in the right direction again Like when they had Chastain Yes,
0: indeed um, and, and yeah, time always has a way of telling The rest of the story, so we'll just get to See how it plays out next season uh, But uh, uh, I do think that both of these Drivers are going to bring some money with them When they take those rides and that's what Nice Motorsports needs more than than anything else other than a, a good driver. So, uh, again, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I wish both of those guys the best of uh, luck, if you will. And I hope that they do uh, have a lot of success next year. Jay, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, my final thought there would be, a Tommy a kind of hit on it, though, of uh, a veteran leader of the group, at least one, with a little more experience you know yes carson hosevar running for the championship this year but is a rookie and a young man himself we'll have to see how that develops hopefully it does work for the benefit of the entire team because i think nice motorsports as we saw when ross chastain came over there to run for a truck championship you know the capability is there if you get the right combination driver crew chief whatever it be so We'll have to see if they're able to develop that and continue to build it, which is what we hope for, uh, you know, especially with a three-truck or four-truck team like that. And I know we mentioned a couple others, uh, Natalie Decker, Ryan Truex. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out as well. They have been in the part-time situation um, where they end up, if they're able to stay there and still do that or split another truck. We'll have to wait and see. But this is one of those certainly could be a – truck series um, team that develops into one like Thor Sport Racing or Kyle Busch Motorsports Mm -hmm. all the way to the top level, if you will, um, if they can make that uh, step in completion with this as they're putting this uh, three-truck team, at least right now, full-time together.
0: Okay. Tommy, it's time for a new hot topic. What do you got?
2: It looks like we covered uh, all of them for tonight, but um, I've got one that I saw uh, on Twitter a few hours ago. I don't know if you guys saw it, Um, and uh, I'll actually – I'll bring up two, I guess. So I saw where Noah Graxton's crew chief was leaving, and what made it that interesting was he's moving to an unnamed cup team. So that's part one, I guess, of the next hot topic. Um, I don't know where that tweet is, but I feel like it was tweeted by some, like an actual uh, NASCAR uh, reporter. I think it might have been that Jordan something, another guy. Um, Not Jeff Gluck or Jenna Fryer, but Jordan somebody. Um, And then also, uh, what do you guys think about – the championship this week. Uh who's the favorite, I guess? Larson, Elliot, Hamlin.
0: Okay. Um, Jay, what are your thoughts? I apologize. I am super, super tired. So <laughs> Jay? Uh found
1: the, yeah, I found it. Okay, I'm making sure I wasn't on mute. Uh, the, the tweet uh, Tommy's referencing is Jordan Bianchi. Uh, Noah Gregson says his crew chief, Dave Ellens, will be leaving JRM after Phoenix to become crew chief for an unnamed Cup Series team. Uh, no decision made on Ellens' replacement. Uh, great opportunity, obviously, for, for Dave Ellens. Uh, be curious to see, especially since it's an unnamed Cup Series team, I'm thinking maybe one of the new teams coming in, uh track house uh getting the second team or gms or colleague racing we'll have to wait and see on that uh but certainly kind of a to me also a hit then of to the junior motorsports team but that you you realize that when you're at the xfinity series level you know most yeah. people obviously are, are looking to go to the cup series um so you got to realize that that's coming as you're successful with that at that level you're going to be looked at to move on to the cup series or or to another level. So great opportunity for him. I I would think, again, we don't know the actual team, um, but also kind of a hit for Noah Gregson. And I know he's still in this year's championship battle, but Mike not here for me to uh, have this spirited discussion with of where that leaves him for next year, as far as being a championship (laughs) contender yet again, as he is returning to junior motorsports. Uh
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, you gotta think that maybe, uh, him going to an undisclosed team means that they haven't announced the driver yet, uh, for that team. So I don't think it's probably a driver that has already been announced. It's probably gonna be somebody who has not yet been announced and they have to wait for that announcement to come out to be able to uh, disclose that information. So that does make it kind of an interesting announcement. Uh, David Elins has been around for a while, and um, uh, he's certainly ready to go up to the cup level, and uh, I wish him all the best. I hope it's with a really good team that uh, he can kind of help build and uh, do well with, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Tommy, your thoughts?
2: Uh, I'm excited to see who this new team is going to be because I immediately was thinking I was like, well, there's GMS, but then I was like, wait, they're already they've already been announced, and then I was like, you know, there's calling and uh, some of those other new teams, uh, the the team from Europe, but this is unnamed, so I'm curious to see who this to be announced is, and then like you just said, Sharon, who's going to be the driver? So. Uh, who is this team? Who is this driver? Um I guess we got another surprise lined up for us, so I'm excited for that. Um well, it, you know, Noah Gregson, you know, the start of this year was kinda rocky, I would say, and uh he did win at Darlington and then he just won at uh Martinsville, so um now he's going to lose his crew chief, so that that kind of stinks. But uh, at least he, at least he'll be back at Junior Motorsports uh, next year, and at least he got some wins. And uh, I did see him uh, shotgun that beer uh, after he won that race, and uh, that fan threw that at him. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> okay, Jay, your follow up.
1: Well, Sharon Sharon, this is why you're the one the one guiding the ship there. I think you hit on something key. I think it is with the team, uh, that then maybe the driver hasn't been announced. Normally, yeah, the driver is the one that's announced. Not that they're the only team member, but obviously the focal point when it comes to uh to racing, uh kind of like a quarterback leading the team. So I think you're right. I think it's one that maybe the driver hasn't necessarily been announced yet. Um and that's why the team hasn't been released. So Really intrigued by that, and Tommy, thank you for sharing and bringing that topic up, because I hadn't seen that um, at all, uh, or I'd have been one that would have posted it again as far as I'm obviously a Noah Gregson fan, so a little bit of a hit going into next year and gives Mike that little bit of edgy power to to use against me. But um, I I wish the best for him. Uh, You know, it's great to see, like I said, somebody elevating, going from getting the recognition in the Xfinity series and moving up to the cup level – Um, To see where he does fall and who he's partnered with uh, certainly going to be big news coming down the line.
0: Yeah, he's got a good resume to be able to work with uh, Noah Gregson and kind of tone him down a little bit in order to have the success that he's had in the second half of the season. Uh, But even better on his resume would be that championship. So I'm sure he's not going to give up on trying to help him win that championship uh, this weekend at Phoenix as well um, But yeah We're all curious We want to know where it's going to be So, But uh, they're going to force us To wait until they're ready to make That announcement which is just fine And it could be uh, That they are going to uh, Wait until this championship uh, Race is over uh, Because it might involve One of the uh, final four drivers In one of the three series so we'll have to wait and see what happens. Who knows? Tommy, you get the final word here.
2: Uh, just ready to see who this new team is going to be and who that driver is going to be. Um, and uh, hopefully Noah can continue uh, his success next year with a new crew chief.
0: Yeah, somebody who knows how to kind of keep him in line. Um So, yeah, that's uh, really, really good. I think we all wish him the best. And, uh, Jay, unless you've got another topic, I think we'll go ahead and close this out before I do fall asleep. (laughs) Well,
1: if you can hang on for a couple minutes. You know me. I always got us three or four, but I know we got uh, at least Monday night show uh, yet for for final uh, hot topics before we go into our off-season one. But one that kind of struck me, and I think it got mentioned a couple of times this past week or so on Sirius XM Radio, an announcement we think is all but done, but we haven't heard of Ty Gibbs to the Xfinity Series. Again, it's a question of why the announcement hasn't been made. We all feel it's coming. We all feel it's all been locked in as he goes for full time in the Xfinity Series next year, but we haven't heard any kind of confirmation on it next year.
0: Kind of interesting, Tommy. Any thoughts on your end
2: there? I think it's just a matter of time before you know he's announced with Ty Gibbs as being the the main two in the 18 and the 19 car, and uh, I'm curious as to does the 20 car become the part time car? Does the 54 car become the part time car, or do they have another plan for those two vehicles? But Um, Another thing that I The only thing I can think of As to why they wouldn't have announced it yet For Ty Gibbs because I mean We all know either way he's going to be full time Next year in that 18 car I think it could be sponsorship um, Because in the Arca Menards Series uh, I have noticed that In the few races I did catch If he doesn't have Monster On his car uh, That car would be Blank usually and I feel like even at one point this year when he drove the 54 car for a race or two, that it didn't have sponsorship on it. Um, and, you know, I don't I don't really want to knock anybody, but, you know, he's got four wins and he drives for Monster and R- Riley Herbst drives for Stuart Haas and I don't think I even saw that car finish in the top 10 this year. So uh, maybe I would just, have monster sponsor him full time next year and resolve that issue, but uh that's just my opinion.
0: oh okay, um, yeah, ty Gibbs, uh you gotta think there's something that's kind of holding that up. I don't know if they were waiting for him to finish out that ArCA season. He's racing in the Arca West uh, this weekend. He's the champion in the Sioux chief showdown. he's a champion for the Arca Menard series. Uh, Sammy Smith, also a champion in the Arca East, is racing in that West race this weekend. So um, maybe they're waiting for that race to be over to make any announcements of where Ty Gibbs is going to be going. But uh, I do think that uh, uh, he is destined to be in the Xfinity Series uh, for next season. And it would be interesting if he doesn't bring... Uh, that Monster Energy sponsorship, the only thing that I could think of that might be impacting that, um, and I don't know why uh, it would do that, is if Monster Energy has said they're going to put all of their resources behind Kurt Busch or, or something like that. But Monster Energy has been a good sponsor for him. Uh, Ty Gibbs has given them great exposure. So why they would drop him, I'm not sure. But, um, uh, again, time always has a way of telling the rest of this story. Jay, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I'm thinking Tommy fits fits in real well here. I have good thoughts, and he just takes them right away. Uh, you know, And, again, Mike's voice is ringing in my head, too, of the sponsorship deal. <laughs> Tommy mentioned several races where it was a blank car unless it was Monster. And then my follow-up would have been what Sharon said of, you know, monsters got to look at they are going with Kurt Busch. Are they put it, putting, uh, spreading too much out? I don't see them leaving Ty Gibbs. Uh, the other thought there was, and I think, Sharon, you kind of alluded to it, he did wrap up the Arkham Menards championship, uh, maybe letting that all settle down, um, as well as pull in some other uh, bargaining chip, if you will, of going to sponsors of, hey, he's our Arkham Menards champion, Um to bring some others in. so I think it is a matter of different, the final pieces just being set in stone uh, and wait until after everything else kind of settles down. But that being kind of the biggest story I would have thought would have at least announced that they were definitely going full time and added that, you know, sponsorship and crew chief and details to follow. But we hadn't seen that of any kind of confirmation, which still just makes me wonder And I know, thinking back to the beginning of the year, his original schedule for the Xfinity Series uh, was uh, a few races less, and more got added as sponsorship came in. So uh, I think that is kind of the tie-in piece of finalizing those deals.
0: Okay, Tommy, your follow-up?
2: Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time. And, I mean, like I said, you know, not trying to – to um take shots at anybody but you got Kurt Busch and you got Ty Gibbs and Riley Herbst and Haley Deegan who all sponsor Monster and
0: mm-hmm.
2: Kurt Busch and Ty Gibbs uh have won races and Haley Deegan and Riley Herbst have not so um there's decisions to be made there that's just my opinion but I mean that's NASCAR that's how it is now what have you done for me recently
0: Mm-hmm. Okay um, Yeah A thought occurred to me while we were talking Here uh, what if they're looking At maybe doing something for Ty Gibbs up the cup I hope that's Not the case because we've seen what happens When somebody moves Up the cup too soon uh, But Ty Gibbs might be One of those guys that could pull it off uh, With the success That he's had at the Xfinity Series Level uh, i The one thing that does concern me is if he goes in there and just absolutely dominates in the Xfinity Series like he did the Arca Series this year. Uh, I don't think that's going to be good for the Xfinity Series either. Uh, I think that we want to see different drivers compete with him. So, again, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But um, it'll be interesting if they're looking at something in cup for him. Jay? Okay.
1: Well, i got to give a big shout-out to Tommy. Again, that's why we have such a great team that we do here at fan for racing um, bringing up the number of different sponsorships that, that Monster is spread out throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, you mentioned Riley Herbst as well as Haley Deegan. Um, I, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. So it'll be interesting to see if, if a, a chunk of it at least isn't tied to Monster. We'll have to wait and see. But I don't see I I know it's a slight possibility Uh, Sharon you mentioned Ty Gibbs going all the way to the Cup Series Obviously it wouldn't be under the direct Joe Gibbs banner or Team 2311 So I don't know Where they would Uh, As far as him coming into the Xfinity Series And dominating I don't know how you can expect him To not be at least A a top contender like that every week We've seen what he's done on a part time schedule I believe picking up uh, Four or five of of the wins that he's been in uh, along with Josh Berry as a rookie and part-time schedule, but you also still have that uh, Berry going to be full-time next year, as well as several of those uh, that we've seen this year. So I think I think we're okay with the Xfinity Series. I don't know that he'll come in and dominate, uh, but at least have some competition. We've seen uh, Austin Syndrick and A.J. Allmendinger kind of be the top two this year with big wins,
0: mm-hmm. but that doesn't
1: always mean anything. And we've seen that at the cup level. Uh, we got Kyle Larson this year, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin last year. And they weren't our champions. We don't know yet about Kyle Larson. We'll have to wait and see. But so it doesn't always guarantee anything. So it's going to be an interesting year in all the series.
0: Yes, indeed. I was just thinking, wouldn't that be something David Eland's, um Had they announced that Denny Hamlin's going to stay at uh, Joe Gibbs for next year?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember what we saw on that. Of I know that's been talked about of when he might possibly jump to his own team, uh, and that Kurt Busch being that he is at the tail end of his career, that might only be a couple years. I'm trying to think if Kurt Busch's deal was announced as a multi-year uh, deal or not, uh, of whether or not that was Hamlin's to slide over to as well. Um, maybe maybe we're already talking about them being a three-car team in the next year or two. <laughs> Who knows? Um,
0: Hamlin and FedEx agreed to a multi-year renewal with Joe Gibbs. Contracts are due to expire at the end of 2021, but it sounds like they've already signed multi-year renewals there. Because uh, I had envisions, and then they're saying to year 2023 plus. I had envisions of uh, Denny Hamlin quitting and going to his race team. But uh, obviously that's not true. Okay. So we are at that time of the night where we're ready for our round table. So uh Tommy, you wanna to kick us off.
2: Uh I kinda wanna add a little bit to that before I do the, the uh okay. the round table. Um just a hot take. Wouldn't be surprised to see in twenty twenty three if the Joe Gibbs lineup is Ty Gibbs in the eighteen. Uh Christopher Bell in the 20 and John Hunter Nemechek in the 11 or 19 and Bush Hamlin and Truex are all out and Hamlin's at 23 XI wouldn't yeah, be surprised yeah. but just just a hot take um my Twitter is at since 95 fan um Tommy underscore C24 uh follow me on Twitter I just read an article last week uh staying at the track at uh Talladega so check it out and um Every now and then I have a retweet or tweet or two
0: <laughs> that's awesome, okay, Jay uh
1: you can follow me, Michael Hoosman on facebook, mopar m j eight on Twitter and Instagram, and yeah, I gotta follow up with Tommy's thing. I think that's a little far stretch, but if we're going to stretch it that far, being that Kyle Busch and Martin Truex aren't there anymore, they go to a new Dodge team, so I'll just throw that out there in addition oh my to goodness. that. <laughs> 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 oh, okay.
0: okay. you going to be at a racetrack this weekend, or are you watching the finale?
1: Uh Well, I hope to obviously watch the finale. Uh Hometown Magnolia Motor Speedway, home of the Black Ice, is running a Crate Racing USA uh, show this weekend I believe I probably will venture out there on Saturday uh, with a lot of blankets and uh, extra sweatshirts though so, I'll add that <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay I am a fan for racing site on Twitter fan for racing blog and radio everywhere else including com. And, uh, yeah, we've had, uh, Tommy's, uh, article up on, uh, fanforracing.com. I also put up an article this week for, uh, Mike Orzel, uh, about stop your whining and focus on racing. Um, so a lot of uh, conversation on that topic. Uh, I think on Monday night's hot topics. Uh, but, uh, uh, some interesting uh, reads there. And uh, we've had uh, Sam Bornhorst recap up there as well this week. So uh, I'm looking forward to the weekend of racing. I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, with me being on the road the last couple of weeks, which is why I'm so darn tired, um, I really have not had a chance <laughs> To see the last two races So I am definitely looking forward To watching these championship races At Phoenix And already looking ahead To the 2022 schedule They came out with the broadcast schedule this week Uh, I've already got them in my calendar For next year And uh, I'll be ready to go When when the time comes Um, On a programming note uh, Jay kind of referenced it And we talked about it at the top of the show Uh, We are looking at doing a a once-a-month show over the month of December as well as January before we get back into full steam ahead for the 2022 season in February. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I think we're looking at possibly sometime around December 6th, which is right after the Snowball Derby for the first one, and then about mid-January, mid-to-late January for the uh, next show uh, and uh, I was thinking the Clash is the very beginning of February We might do it just before the Clash, uh, Jay So we can kind of do a preview of that Because uh, that's going to be kind of cool The LA Clash at the Coliseum It's got a nice ring to it And uh, <laughs> we'll have a lot to talk about in that season And of course we'll be doing Hot Topics uh, So everybody can uh, talk about all the off-season hot topics as well So in fact, we have Ricky, uh, Ricky Brooks, who has been kind of the guy who uh, is in charge of all of the inspection process at the Snowball Derby. Ricky Brooks has a reputation of being one of the most, uh, um, toughest inspection processes that anybody goes through, but everybody sees him as being fair. And uh, on the mark with what he does Uh, We've had him on the show before He'll be on the show Monday night uh, During the 9.30 half hour. So uh, if you want to tune in And and, uh, hear us talk with Ricky Brooks I'm sure we'll talk to him about the upcoming Snowball Derby uh, With that as well I think he's also been working a lot With the SRL out there on the West Coast So uh, they're kind of building their winter showdown out there to be something on the, as, on the same level as the Snowball Derby. So uh, having rookie Ricky Brooks as a part of that development, I think, is uh, a really good idea. Anyway, I'm sure we'll have a good conversation with him, and I encourage everybody to tune in on Monday night, which will be our last show, um, last review show of the 2021 season. So it's been a blast. So a huge shout out to our Fanfa Racing team uh, for all that you do tonight. That's Jay Hughesman and you, uh, Tommy Kraft, and then also to our listeners who uh, are tuning in to hear what we have to say each and every week, whether it's on the live broadcast or the or the podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in, and we hope you'll cue that. Uh, for our off-season episodes as well as for the 2022 season as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing everybody for the preview show next year and uh, maybe for that L.A. Coliseum clash. So, okay, with that, I think we're ready to call it a night, guys.
1: Have a good night and enjoy this championship weekend.
2: Good night, everybody.
0: Good night everybody we'll see we'll talk to you on the other side